Welcome back to Memento Mori. Uh, we're playing session two this week, tonight. And Kay and Nick are here. It's really quiet in here without something going on in the background. Um, I agree with that, Tim. He's a quiet guy, though. It's because you don't hear the high chews being. Yeah, you don't hear the. Yeah, it's like. Oh, the high chew! Oh, the high chew! It's okay. Tim will never listen to this, so we're safe. It's fine. Even if he did, he can't argue. I'm actually role playing Tim right now as I eat his share of high chews. Tim, we'll see you in two weeks. I don't know why I just did that because I can't talk and have it in my mouth. Um, there's dogs barking. Speaking of which, uh, some shit went down last week in our game. Um, I think what we'll do first, we rolled initiative already. Sarah recorded it. Our viewers can't see it. It's on a whiteboard over here. Maybe they'll see it when the camera swings, but probably not. Um, I think we need to roll for coins. Yeah, we do. See how many you start with. Coins. 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 No. You didn't roll Kay. six, Nick? Not today. Way to be a not team player. Interesting <laughs> observation about the way that you count. One, two, three, four. That's the Montessori way they teach you to count, too. I noticed that with my five-year-old, he was counting it, and I was like, he goes, one, two, three, four, five, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay. Um... Even though the two of you weren't here, um, you should both buy in advance because we're all going to okay. advance together. Okay. Neat. Yeah, we decided um, we're going to do individual reward points moving forward. We kind of ran out of time last week, but go and give yourselves an advance right now. Whatever you want to buy, that's on your on your advanced schema. Um, let's talk about what happened last week. Uh, so, Sarah, Adam, Mike are, were here. Tim's not here, obviously. But let's let's start from the beginning. Like, what? How did everything begin? Like, if, the, if we were if we were watching last week on Memento Mori, where would the viewer pick up? Uh, like, watching Lester eat a pile of chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was. No, not not a lot. Um, I don't have the cards. We but started in Big Cory's. What happened? It was a bar in ba at Big Cory's where we met Isla. Isla. Isla Grapevine. Yeah. And Isla Grapevine uh, had been walking her dog earlier in the day and was attacked by masked, presumably men. I don't know if we knew the sex of them at the time. But. Um, Isla came back to the bar. We met her there, and she told us about it and asked us to go get her dog because her dog had been kidnapped. Dog mm. What's the dog's name? Uh, Buck. Nope, I was thinking of a different. I know that. I know the dog you're talking about. That was so for confident, old, though, old for me. Yeah, Bug. It's Bug. <laughs> I was almost convinced. Beaver Toes. Rufus. Rufus. There yeah. It is. Everyone has an, everyone has some sort of attachment to Rufus. Yeah. Yes. What was unusual about the day in Slaughter Pine? So, so this rumor you heard from this person, you heard it through the grapevine. Yeah, we heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> yeah. I did not put that together. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what was your question? What was the unusual thing about the day? Oh, that it's always night right now? Mm-hmm. When the last one was night. So for yeah. the last month. Past 28 days. 28 days. Well, the lunar month. Yeah. But we wouldn't be able to tell because we can't see the moon. We just started 28 days later. Yeah, we just started 28 days later. Um, yeah, so this darkness okay. has descended upon this city. Anyone who tries to walk out or away, he just ends up finding themselves back inside the city. Not the city, in Lockwood, the in, surrounding forest. Okay, in Lockwood, the surrounding yeah. forest. Yeah. But in the darkness, we knew that we believed in a thing called love. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you, did you guys just save them from last week because I wasn't here? So now you're like... <laughs> Make it for lost time. Oh, man, yeah. we made a bunch last week. Yeah. <laughs> there were some songs. There were some puns. <laughs> what what else happened? So it's it's the do they call, what do they call it? What are the people in Slaughter Pine calling the darkness? Jennifer. The eternal night. Bug. <laughs> the bug. 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 <laughs> the eternal night. Eternal night. Yeah. Yeah. The eternal night has descended on the Lockwood, the forest that surrounds the city called Slaughter Pine, where you all are from. And the game picked up in big quarries, and you spoke to Isla, and she spoke about her. She was accosted. They had taken her dog, and so being friends with Isla, because we spent quite a bit of time up front, like yeah. establishing your relationship with Isla and with Rufus, which we're gonna do for the two of you too. Um, what happened after that? I put on a neck ruff. And then I roasted him till he took it off. That's right. <laughs> that looks absurd. Looks <laughs> awesome. Looks uh, no um, pretentious and out of place. Pretentious yes, pretentious and out of place. <laughs> Is that pretentious out of place? <laughs> yes, we signed it because we have a sign language that we can only speak to each other. Yep. Right. That's right. Uh, no, so we decided to go look for Rufus in the night. Um, well, actually, it was the daytime, but everything's night because it's the eternal night. And we had to blindly walk through the alleys to get to where we wanted to go. We won't talk about what happened after that because I want to bring them into the story. Um, Both, uh, in this case, we're talking about the beggar Hiram and the cadet Lady Sabella. Um, Whose phone is that? Is that mine? Uh, So... Uh, we will start you off much like how we start everybody else off. Um, it's the year 250 of the Third Age. Fall has come. 28 days ago, an event that people have come to call the Eternal Night descended over Lockwood of the city you call home. It's the city of Slaughter Pine. Its parallels to Deadwood are hopefully obvious. Um, nothing can pierce the impenetrable dome of darkness that surrounds the region and blocks out the sun and the stars. The 5,000 souls who live in Slaughter Pine have been in a panic ever since, and probably do too, um, as the people deal with a sunless and starless existence um, and the unraveling of fabric of society. Imagine what would happen without any light in 28 days where resources start to wane People lose track of day and night. They're not sleeping well because, once again, there's no there's no lunar cycles to follow. So as people are dealing with that, people who dare to leave the city to venture into the Lockwood, they return back bringing tales of horrid, strange creatures stalking the woods. 
tonight, on the 28th day, at the last hour, the two of you, um, forgive me because it's your first time you're playing, uh, Hiram and Lady Sabella, you spent the last hour comforting Isla, a friend who was a bartender at Big Corey's pub. She was accosted on her way to work six hours ago, and her head is covered in a bloody bandage. Um, we need to talk about your relationship with Isla, and I have a, a specific question for each of you. Um, so we'll start first with Kay. Right. So Isla gave you a gift to commemorate some big accomplishment. Um, the gift is very special to you. What's the gift, and what was the what was it intended to commemorate? Um, what is time period here? We're like a hundred years. We're more about twenty-five years ahead. And what was the previous game? Would a you know what? We'll go with this. Um, a pocket compass to lead the way when Sabella graduated at the top of her class um, as a cadet. Okay, that makes sense. Perfect. <clears throat> so in the case, in the case of Hiram, uh, a drunk patron of Big Corey's pub. Uh, threatened you, and Isla immediately took care of the situation. Who was that patron, and was, how did she end the threat? Who was the patron? Um, hmm. I think the patron was probably someone of higher station in the pub mm -hmm. um, that Hiram didn't really have the social standing to stand up against, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, probably, like, I don't know what the aristocracy of, of, the, of the region is, but... Uh, you will learn. <laughs> something like that. And, and, and what she did was she kind of just... Uh, uh, I think they were trying to rush me aside and she stopped them or something, or, or threatened to throw them out of the bar. That's, that's good. Now, we kind of start the game out assuming everyone knows one another, so I think it'd probably be a good idea to have... Um, the both of you read your Mad Lib. And I think we'll start first with, with Hiram. Okay. My name is Hiram Aramore, and I have made my life as a beggar. I am an adult Eridane man and was born beneath the star sign of the Night Father. I'm of normal build with a dark tan complexion, soft green eyes, and short curly brown hair with a Cheshire grin. My dooming is iron is weak, gold is strong. What's the What's the one thing that your friends would know is your your like weakness, your Achilles heel. Um his weakness is he's a shitster. And if there's ever something he likes to get in bar fights, he likes to run his mouth more than he should. Um if there's something that's gonna happen, it's probably he's gonna probably gonna be the center of it. What is the thing that your friends can depend on you to do for them? Uh, he can, he seems to have a nose for finding the best shops, the, uh, best places to drink. Um, I, it doesn't make any sense that a beggar can do such a thing, but he always seems to have a nose for finding the best stuff around the city. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the borough you're from? Uh, I'm from the Dregs. Yeah. So that's where the Dregs, which Slaughter Pine is kind of divided into basically six boroughs. Um, and each borough is kind of its own village into itself. And the dregs is where a lot of laborers and servants and people who are down on their luck or unemployed live. And it's not a surprise to know that Hiram being a beggar is from the dregs. 
Um, let's move next to Kay. Let's go and have you read your Mad Lib. Okay. Uh, my name is Lady Sabella Culpepper, and I've made my life as a cadet. I am an adult, Aerodane female, and was born under the star of the Crouching One. I am of a normal build with a tan complexion, thoughtful gray eyes, and a medium braided red hair with wooden dentures. My dooming is you will burn brightly and you will be snuffed out. That's good. So, if your friends were to, if your friends know one thing about you, not good or bad, just they know one thing about your character, what is it? Um, Sabella is the one that always picks up the check for everyone. Sabella's <laughs> mm-hmm. always the one that, uh, you know, you need help moving. Yeah. She, she's going to go get the carriage. Um, <laughs> she's got the cart. <laughs> yeah, she, she is... She Why did is I the, buy this? <laughs> yeah, she is the reliable friend. She's the that person that's always there and always the, the helpful one. That's will. good. Um, what's the... What's the thing that you're terribly embarrassed about your friends know not to mention? Probably the fact that she gets taken advantage advantage of constantly. Um, and it's probably been in, like, relationships where she's been taken advantage of. And friendships. And, like, she is easily swayed and easily just falls for people's antics and tricks and things like that so that's probably the one thing that she kind of like she knows it but it still happens constantly so would you so she's gullible she's gullible is it is she gullible or is she just believe in the better parts of people she might be overly optimistic to a certain extent Uh so it's gullible and overly optimistic is what what she really is when it comes down to it okay that's good so you all know Hiram uh, and Lady Sabella. We start this game assuming everyone knows one another. But because they're just now new to the table for tonight, they also need to understand something, understand something about your character. Um, I think it would be helpful uh, maybe to... I don't think we need to reread our Mad Lib, but I think we need to talk about what they know about each of you. Like they, The two of them know a dark secret about the three of you that perhaps the three of you haven't even shared among one another but the two of them both know those dark secrets so in the case of lester Longarm killjoy what's like the secret that can absolutely ruin you mm. you can't say spider attack no <laughs> um isn't that the conversation right now with baseball spider attack uh, i would Sports. say that probably that they know that one time he threw a game like they they know like well I don't know because I've had this idea that Lester doesn't throw games mm-hmm. but they know like for sure that his teammates did like because he would like throw the passes and they just would catch it mm-hmm. right kind of thing so um, how is that bad for you well I got beat up a lot by bookies because I wouldn't mm-hmm. right so um, but I don't know. I like how that's bad for me. So maybe not that. Maybe you bet against your team knowing they were going to throw it? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's tough. Something that could ruin my character. <laughs> ruin your name. Your good name as Longarm Killjoy. Remember, you were... You, as a young boy, were taken off the plowshare in Serga Fields, one of the neighborhoods of Slaughter Pine, 
and literally put onto the field or become a blitz baller. Mm. Like, what's the what's the critical? What is your get better? What's your Achilles heel? Did you did you fill your blitz ball with some sort of horrible thing? Mess up the other team. Uh, I deflated the ball. You <laughs> deflate know, gate. Deflate. I deflated the ball so that way I could throw it better. Um, I would say okay. So when he was younger, like you've known him since he was younger, and uh, he actually, when he originally started, he cheated his way into the, like into the position that he had. Mm-hmm. So like he probably uh, did like a poor shot on a guy like. Well, I mean, it's blitz ball or blood blitz, but you know, mm-hmm. it was definitely an illegal, you know, mm-hmm. move. But it's what got him in and the other guy out. Oh, okay. Yeah, is it possible that the person was like injured for life? Could have been, or maybe injured them off field. Well, injured, so, the, injured right, them, well. but to the point to where they could never really recover and mm-hmm. get to that level again. Gotcha. Yeah, because you know, like sometimes with like high level athletes, it's like if you take that injury, you're just never the same. Yeah. Like, you're never 100%, mm-hmm. and you just sometimes can't perform to that level again. So, like, they probably were decent minor leaguer, but they could never have gotten to the majors again. So you're the dickhead in the, like, sophomore teenage film where you're, like, in the pecking order of jocks. Like, you did something to somebody who was a potential rival. Right, and that would have been, like, in my teens, and now we're, like, yeah. in the 30s. So it's, yeah. it's been, I've done through my career, but I still feel bad about it. Yeah. So you injured a rival blitzballer. Yeah. And they don't have any proof, but... We know about it. Right, you know. Yeah. You, I mean, I'm sure you knew because you mm-hmm. know, you've been around. Yeah. So, um, Eagles Dov, uh, the two of them know something absolutely damning about your character, about your background, your history, your life, something very personal. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a mistake. Maybe it's an accolade that you didn't rightfully earn. Something that isn't on your character sheet. What would they, the two, only the two of them know about you that could absolutely ruin you? Okay, so I can, I, I can perform magic clearly, and I can reach into different, um, what would you call them, realms, in order to perform certain magic. I have a deal with a demon that only you two know about, a demon from a different realm. And that demon, at any time, can call on me to do something. Even if he calls on me to kill myself, I have to do it. So I always have this monkey on my back waiting, Mm -hmm. and you guys know that it's there. It's good. It's good. Does the demon have a name? Um, his name is going to be... Bob Dave. Bug. <laughs> Bug. It's Bug. Bug. <laughs> like Mason in a jar. Uh, it's Bartham. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, in the case of Chuckles, the two of them think they know something about you that is a... Uh, a foilable of your character, a, a mistake of your past that's not glaringly obvious, such as the metal helmet you're wearing around your head that hides your face. Because remember, his face is completely encased in iron. What's the what's the critical thing that the two of them know that nobody else does? Uh, they know a name I've gone by. A name or your real name? Well... A name isn't critical. That's just right. a name. The... I mean, you explained to me that the the Seabra use 
uh, monikers, right? Yes. And so um, this would be something that I, uh, you would know that I, I haven't always worn a mask and um, that I've gone by the name of uh, Terstrom Willoughby. Remember the name of Bug. <laughs> Bug. No, that was Dog I used to have. Bug. <laughs> like, with such conviction. <laughs> it's yeah. Fun. No, it was the name of the dog in the game I was playing on Saturday. That's good. Saturday, yeah. Um, how close, in the case of um, Lady Sabella, how close do you think your, your character is to Isla? How would you characterize your relationship with her? Hmm. Um... I think Isla, let's go with, like, not not quite sister, but, like, cousin. So close enough, kind of familial, but not, like, bestie friend kind of thing. Um, probably somebody that's very supportive, like, they support each other and stuff like that, but they can go long periods of time without talking and then meet back up again. Mm-hmm. I would say that's probably their relationship. So uh, that very likely means that you and Isla and Eagles Dob have a close relationship. Eagles Dob and Isla are like sisters, although they are a decade apart in age. Um, what about for you, um, Hiram? Hiram's a regular at, at, Isla, at Isla's bar, and um, his face kind of just lights up the room when he comes in, but... He's always getting into fights, so he, she, she's always throwing him out. <laughs> um, so it, it's like this kind of love-hate relationship where, you know, at the beginning of the night, things are going great, but there's this pattern why, uh-huh. well, by the end of the night, or maybe even the middle of the night, or not, you know, the middle of the evening, he gets uh-huh. thrown out. Does anyone in the group have a, a will-they-won't-they relationship with Isla? I think Hiram might. <laughs> Just because you, I think it makes sense. Just get a room already. Come on. Right. <laughs> There's a tension there, and that's part of the reason. That so she's Pam, out. and you're whatever his fucking Jim. name is. You're Jim. Right. <laughs> Jim. Jim. A Ross and Rachel. This is what this is what Hiram's gonna do the entire time, like he does whenever we first start recording. <laughs> yeah, but now you're at the bar, so you can't see. I know. <laughs> This is this is literally the first when we first started recording. This is what Nick would do. <laughs> it took me forever to get used to it. I was just saying there was the other one that he used to do whenever you do the countdown, which is the. <laughs> He'd hold his breath because he was the one who made noise. So Hiram and Isla have a will they won't they relationship? Okay, okay. Has Isla had a relationship like in, in, like a like any sort of like actual relationship with anybody else in the group, say for Hiram? I mean, I see that Lester probably gets around. I don't know if he's ever actually had a relationship with her, but he's definitely hit on her. I, uh, so, Eagles Dob, you and um, you and Lady Sabella know Isla the best. Mm-hmm. Like, is Isla in love with somebody that lives in Slaughter Pine, who's not in the party? Like, does she is she pining for somebody else? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it someone else? think that is she kind of self-sufficient 
she have no time for those things? I think her personality is she's more self-sufficient. She's the bar woman that everybody kind of pines after, but she's always too busy with something else, playing with her dog. But she has this need for Chuckles to like her because Chuckles hates the dog. And the, so dog hates the dog hates Chuckles. The dog hates Chuckles. Chuckles doesn't chuckles. like the dog either. Or chuckles right? will pet it, right? Chuckles it, it tolerates the dog. <laughs> yeah. So Rufus, Isla and Rufus are pretty much inseparable. Like if if she 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 has time for working at big quarries and she's been saving forever and she has Rufus and that's her life. So she has had no time for relationships and she's still fairly young uh, relatively. She's in her early 20s. Um, but we need to talk about your relationship with Rufus because we have to make your you as players care about Slaughterpine and what's happening to Isla. So um, in the case of Lady Sabella, you taught Rufus to do a special trick. What was that trick? What kind of dog is this? Uh, funny you should mention that. <laughs> uh, that will kind of, because I yeah, actually I thought, have I, an idea. Yeah. It's, a, like, it's a mutt. We determined that last like week. that it's, it's, a, it's a mutt. Well, we know it's a bunch of different types of dogs. Uh, it's part chow, part golden retriever, part malamute. Yeah, yeah, Alaskan malamute. Alaskan malamute. Yeah. What else? So is it's a like a sixty-pound dog, baby. There's a fourth one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine was a golden retriever. Big dog. Big dog. Yeah, big dog. I can't remember what Tim. Because well, that was so funny because I I used to have a dog that was half chow, half golden retriever, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, it's two of the four. So, but I couldn't remember what Tim picked. Was it husky? It was husky. Yeah, a little bit of everything. I wish I had. I should have saved the picture. Um, I thought I did, but I guess I didn't. But yeah, it was a bunch of. It was a mud. It was a bunch of different dogs, and we actually Googled it and we found what it looked like, and it was very cute. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go off of what I actually taught my dog at one point, okay. and it's going to be a little different, but I taught my dog at one point to uh, bark at zombies, so if you went at my dog like this, he would start barking at people. Um, <laughs> bark at the walking corpse, Rufus! So, ah. yes. so I'm going to change it a little bit, though, and uh, Rufus can tell when people are too drunk and will bark and lead people over to get them out of the bar. Bark at drunk people? Far t- yeah, when people are far too inebriated to take care of themselves, since dogs can smell that. That's right. That's interesting. So Rufus is kind of like an extension of Isla's like reign over he's, big corpses. When he barks, yeah. you're cut off. So like, he, I, I would you're say probably off. Hiram gets let out by Rufus at least a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's so. good. So in the case of, um, in the case of Hiram, Hiram. <laughs> sorry, I'm keying something up here because the tavern tonight. And Big Cory's is actually fairly busy. Um, Rufus once embarrassed Hiram in front of everyone at Big Cory's. What did the dog do? Well, I let him I think he probably, like... I don't know. Maybe he peed in his tankard or something and he didn't notice because he was too drunk. Everyone was laughing at him. You peed your tankard? No, no. The dog peed in the tankard, and he was too drunk to tell that it was not 
beer, and he just kept drinking, and everyone's laughing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, um, <laughs> obviously, it's been 28 days since the Eternal Night fell over Slaughter Pine and ostensibly the, the Lockwood Forest. Um, we know it's affected the people in Slaughter Pine in many different ways. Nearly 5,000 souls live in this rambling community surrounded by this very tall palisade of these six boroughs. This Deadwood-like city that's grown out of nothing from a copper mining company and a lumbering company has soared to great heights in the 50 years it's, it's been established here in the Lockwood. But 28 days ago, the eternal night fell. There's no stars, there's no moon, there's no sun. It's pitch black. You can't even see the clouds. It's in people who have, once again, who've tried to go beyond that, just find their way back into the forest, and they talk about weird things in the wood. Obviously, you can imagine, like in 28 days, plants are starting to die. Illumination, like oil and candles and torches and coal, is kind of will become a premium at some point. What have you been doing with your time in these past 28 days? since the eternal night fell. We'll start first with Lester. Uh, well, it's hard to hold games in at night, but I mean, they tried for a while, but eventually it just takes up so much uh, resources to light up a field that uh, eventually, I mean, they just been canceled, right? So he's basically been doing uh, nothing. <laughs> like he's been at the bar probably a lot. Like he's probably been kind of working as like a bouncer. He's probably thrown out Hiram a couple times. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, kind of doing whatever low level labor stuff he can do. You know, because that's what he does. <laughs> that's right. Well, I think the one thing that you have probably discovered while while surviving yeah. since the Eternal Night fell over the Lockwood is that you have discovered that crime is up all over the yeah. city and that the night watch a group of roughly 50 people can't keep up with it at all chaos has kind of begun the, the fabric of, re, of the fabric of society is unraveling it's made for some really interesting shifts in power in particular because you know that there are two families that basically rule over Lockwood and the Slaughter Pine, Slaughter Pine City. Their names aren't really important at this moment, but what you would know is that in the eternal darkness, crime has kind of risen. Imagine like the days leading up, like in the Dark Knight Returns, like the, leading, the days leading up when Bane had kind of, like when the police were kind of like barred off. Like the Slaughter Pine is in the situation where the Night Watch, who are literally a group of volunteers, can barely keep up. The, the there are trial trials are even being held at this point. It's 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 kind of the whole the, the laws that were established to protect the aristocracy um, are probably falling apart. So you were obviously a part of you know being a bouncer. Like people become more rowdy at big quarries. Mm -hmm. ILM big quarry are having difficulty keeping up. The fight in the pits are even higher stakes. The mm -hmm. one thing you know about big quarries is that at night, well, at night, the floorboards to the, to the first floor are removed into the basement and there are fist fights that take place down in what they call the pit. 
and they have people their higher wages being spent there's more booze being consumed because there's no tomorrow in some people's minds uh chuckles since the eternal night fell 28 days ago what has he been doing chuckles has been proselytizing he's uh he's been finding any corner he can stand on or um you know, even like out in front of the bar, which has not made Isla very happy. Um, and whenever he isn't proselytizing and saying things like, you know, the, the custodian is, uh, you know, uh, welcoming more into her embrace in this internal night, or the night father is, uh, you know, it's it's his time for us to do his will, or, you know, any of the, the gods that he is, like sometimes uh, conveniently quoting uh, you know some of their uh, uh, scriptures and all that but yeah. uh, um, whenever he's not doing that he is remarkably close in proximity to um, Eagle's Dog but they don't really seem like they're buddies so much as they just hang out a lot okay. like they're they're, um, they're almost like it's like something's keeping them together, but it's not like they care for each other's company a lot. They just are there. That's interesting. So would you say that your interests are probably more closely aligned than to the custodian? Um, yeah, he is, like, he has probably, yeah, I can go ahead and say that in the past he has told her that he believes that she has been touched by a god um and that uh it's something that she should pray upon further to see which who god, is she um eagle stop okay so you have actually made in 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 this time here in slaughter pine you've actually made yourself uh, not an enemy but somebody who does not like you okay cool it's the chief auger selsnia turn <laughs> She's actually the chief auger of the custodian. Okay. <laughs> of the priesthood. Yeah. That's good. Okay. What about for Eagle's Dove? Like, how, how... 28 days have passed. Darkness has fallen over Slaughter Pine. What have you been occupying your time with? What's going on in your character's head? What? What's, the, what's their read on what's happening? Well, Ikulsov thinks that the best is yet to come for her. Her dooming is the stars can lead you astray, and so with no stars, it's uh -huh. her time to shine. Nothing can lead so, me astray. So nothing can lead me astray. So uh, Ikulsov has taken this as a sign that she's on the right path, whatever she's doing. Mm -hmm. And so she she prays to the god of secrets, and mm -hmm. she believes that she's on the path to uncovering some of the secrets that the god wants mm. to speak to her. And this is kind of one of the fundamental reasons that her and Chuckles don't always see eye to eye on things because Chuckles has different gods. Yeah, yeah. And additionally, Equals Dov is aligned to tyranny. So she's really in her zone right now because things are crumbling and the chaos makes her more secure in her ideas 
Okay, that's good. So you have actually made a bit of a name for yourself and have attracted the attentions of a woman called the High Truthsayer Octavia of Chander. She is the lead, she's the chief priestess of the learner. She's in what are called the Elornites. They are the holder of secrets and strange phenomena. And they too uh, are here in Slaughter Pine. Um, she, she basically is the, uh, she's the chief priestess at the Learner's Temple. And she is someone you, you have to avoid. Because you suspect that she may know that you indeed owe a demon of a favor. I mean, this is not something where somebody runs around with like a hood and says, I'm a cultist! And they lift their cups to evil. These are the things you do in the, sh in the, in when, when the, when the curtains are drawn where the sun sets. And since the sun has set permanently over the Lockwood, and to your point around the doing, maybe you can begin, maybe, does that mean you're going to practice it aloud? It's up to you, but you do know that the High Truthsayer, who is essentially an inquisitor, has her eyes set on you. You don't, you suspect. She's not setting anyone after you, but you just have this, like, you just have this intuition. Um, <clears throat> what about, um, what about Lester Longarm? What have you been doing these 28 days? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My apologies. Uh, Hiram. So Hiram's begging game has kind of dried up. Yeah. Not many people are feeling very pitiful. They're feeling more like, I need to just survive. And yeah. Also, people aren't into confidence games right now. So booze money is kind of light. Um, so Hiram is taken to something that he promised all his friends that he would never do, which is second story work. Um, so he's <laughs> he's actually he's actually working right now. Um, he knows he knows a few unsavory characters uh, who are into this kind of thing. But these days, money isn't so important. Jewels aren't so important. What they're going after is candles and oil. That's good. That's good. Well, um, they call you the candle maker. <laughs> You actually probably have been getting work from, in this case, uh, your your cousin, a uh, man named Tilligan Aramore. The thing you know about Tilligan Aramore, he runs the most successful gambling house in all of Slaughter Pine, a place simply called Aramore's Parlor. He has not given you jobs in nearly two weeks, and you suspect that he's in trouble for some reason or another, but not with the law. What about in the case of Lady Sabella Culpepper? What has she been doing in the last 28 days? What's on her mind? Where has she been focused? So I kind of had this idea, um, because my character is from Mount Sawdust, mm -hmm. and it said that, you know, most likely... Uh, some of the professions my parents might have had and uh, kind of had this idea that she was kind of higher up burger if not aristocracy almost yeah yeah that's what she grew up in so what I was thinking is that her family probably runs one of the mines Ooh, um, yeah thought of that before the eternal night thing but that actually works well and so what I assume is that she's doing a lot of the security to try to you know with everyone trying to go after all these light sources and things like that I assume a mine would with coal would probably be a place that has to be 
securely guarded, and she's probably been part of making sure that that's taken care of. Yeah. So. Hi. <laughs> let's do this. We're going to make you related to um, a very important character in, um, in Slaughter Pine. And her name, I'm trying to find her right now, forgive me. Her name is, I believe that. So the first thing you need to know is that you've been working for the Pool Mining Operation, P-O-L-L-E. It's one of the two main families in Slaughter Pine. There are two aristocrats. There are two people who basically founded. They founded Slaughter Pine. Uh, and those two people were Henrietta Arbor and Layla Poole. And um, Layla Poole, I believe, at this point is actually retired. Um, but she has left. Um, she has left uh, stewardship at the mines of the Poole mining operation. Um, I forget who it is, but uh, for now. Um, I'm so sorry. I wish I had his, his name. I have to search for it. Uh, you actually have been working for a man named uh, Erwin Roaring. He's actually the new head of the pool copper mine. He's now the he's now the the head of the pool copper mine, uh, within the with literally within the last twenty eight days, that something happened to the previous uh, head of the copper mine, but something bad. You don't know what it was though. So you've probably been working for them, um, but as you can imagine, all of the economy in Slaughter Pine has been in chaos. Uh, the sawmills have died down. The mining operations have come to a very slow crawl. Um, and the future is uncertain. But it's very, very clear um, that here in uh, here in Slaughter Pine that the, the, the eternal light has affected all of you in, in, individually in very, very different ways. Um, but despite all that fun connection to the city, we actually need to talk about Isla and Rufus. And we're going to turn toward um, <clears throat> we're going to turn toward Hiram and Lady Sibella. You've, like I mentioned before, um, you know, you've been here kind of comforting Isla in Big Cory's pit. Uh, it's lively as ever. It's no great surprise. Um, her eyes are a bit red from when she was clearly crying. There's this, there's this big bandage on her head that's like bloody. Like she got knocked senseless. Um, and you caught her when she came back downstairs from her, from her, from taking a short nap. She just couldn't lay down. She just couldn't rest. Um, she's already drinking from some cup of something. Um, and she's looking longingly at the door when you two of you were there. And she recounts the tale. She says, and they came 
out of the alley. I nay saw him with me own eyes, save for that they were wearing masks. And before I know it, my head hit the ground. And when I woke up, Rufus was gone, she says. She's clearly worried and concerned. Um, well, was there anyone that, I mean, possibly has been into the bar they got mad at you? Or someone that Rufus kicked out again? She she kind of purses her lips and thinks. Could have been anyone, I suppose, if, if that's the connection you're making. But they looked... They look dark, like they look like rogues or rapscallions, like like they were just waiting for someone to come along in the alley. I was taking Rufus, you know, for his morning. She kind of stumbles with the word, the morning walk. This old stinky alley he always goes to and sniffs about the trash right beside Aramore's parlor, like I do every morning. And she stumbles once again over the word. And that's when it happened. Then I woke up, and I remember looking toward the dockyards, and I thought I saw two lanterns of Bobbin out there in the darkness, but... Well, the rest of it is kind of hazy. I, I, I think I talked to the dockmaster, Horace, I think. And I ended up back here, and then I met, and then I talked with... Uh, she kind of pauses. Uh, Eaglesdove and, uh, you know, your friends, our friends. Laster and Chokles and Wilson. Wilson Thornton. Tim's character is out here. And then they went a chasing out. They went out to go try to find Rufus. And that was nearly an hour ago. I think, she says. She looks toward the clock. Like, a, like there's, a, there's an old spring-wound clock on the wall of this tavern. Despite the fact that the fight is happening in the pit, you can kind of see beyond the pipeweed smoke and the dogs yipping and barking and picking up like bits of food scraps off the ground. She looks toward the clock and it's currently set to 10. But looking at the windows as dark as it is and the way the days have gone, you're not sure if it's daytime or nighttime. It could be 10 in the morning. It could be 10 at night. So the dog's been gone for an hour or so? Hours, she says. It was this morning. I th morning, yeah. When you look toward one another, both of you have deep purple circles underneath your eyes like you haven't slept in days. And that actually is true. In fact, everyone is currently imperiled. You're, you're not, you're, you have not adjusted yet to the eternal night. Everyone appears to be that way, and the people in Big Cory seems to be simply feeding it with alcohol. Yeah, they're up here. They're over there if you want to grab them. It was this morning, so before my shift, it normally starts at uh, the turn of seven, she says. So you're sure they took off with him and he didn't just run off? Well, they... I, I don't honestly know. When I woke up, I, I hit my head pretty hard. I know that. I was leaning against the alley wall. And I went to go 
I called for his name. I said, Rufus, Rufus! You know, hoping he would come. I made the kissy noise. I didn't have the squeaky toy that Wilson gave me. I think. But I called for him and he wasn't anywhere. And then I found my purse was gone too. 12 shilling. But no, he would have known. What would they want with with an old dog, an old rascal like Rufus? I kind of say, she says, perplexing the whole thing. I don't want someone to take a, take a dog. Who would do that? I mean, granted, Sutter Pine's small, but in the darkness, I mean, everything's kind of strange now, right? Yeah. Well, what do you mean by masks? Well, they wore like a... Uh, like a, like a kerchief over their face. I thought they see Auburn, but they didn't have the pointy ears like the elves do. Checkered-like. Yellow and black, I think. Or red. No, it was purple. Oh, I don't know. She kind of looks down at her feet. I, I don't quite remember. I just know I saw them leap out of nowhere when Rufus was sniffing a boat, and then, then I woke up on the ground, and the first thing that I saw when I woke up I looked at the dockyards, and it's not like you can see the ships or anything on the bright water, but I saw those two lanterns bobbing out there. For sure it was the dock hands. And then it got a bit fuzzy. I think I talked to Horace, the dock man, I think I did. And then I came here, and the lights of Big Cory's kind of, I don't know, kind of woke me up, I suppose, out of my whatever I got going on here. So what did Horace say about all that? I, I don't rightfully remember, she says. In fact, she, her eyes are a little bit, her eyes are still pretty glassy, her eyes are dilated. Uh, she says, uh, in fact, uh, Wilson Thornton said I should go see the doctor at Whiskey Sawbones across town, but um, I, I, everybody else left already. To go find her. It's been an hour or so. I thought they'd be back by now. You probably should go see the animal mender at the very least. In uh, your head is not something that you want to take for granted. I'm just waiting for a shift change so so, so Corey can take me over there. I, I dare not walk out in the night by myself. That's for sure, she says. How long till the shift changes? Uh, hour or so. She picks up a mug or whatever she's drinking. I'm just nursing this for now to help with the pain. Well, we can tarry here for an hour, and once it's time, we can escort you across the city. No, no. Big Cory's already arranged for it. Oh. Okay. Well, I've got an idea. Um, Puddleton. And she's got a dog as well. Because uh, if you remember... What I kind of dog is it? Puddleton. You know what? Uh, Puddleton is going to be a... He's going to be a mutt as well. But as far as his mixture, we're going to go with something strange here. So uh, let's do a Great Dane Corgi. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's strange. All right. <laughs> it's a chow poodle. I've a chow tea cat poodle. <laughs> it's great Um So anyways, but uh, yeah, so Puddleton looks completely confused. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like a Corgi on stilts. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, um, 
I'll, I'll leave him with you, and, and hopefully the, you know, he can take care of you. Um, but maybe we should go look for the others, and then come back and escort you then? Uh, uh yeah. I, I would certainly welcome the company. She smiles at Peddleton. It's good. <laughs> okay, Pudsy, you make sure that she's okay. And yeah, let's go find everybody. Okay. So with that, the 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 roar of the crowd and big chorus pit comes to a a, a, a quiet draw and the the camera um flips back to this dark alley um where you all it is it is when it is autumn obviously but you can't quite see your breath in the air um the sounds of of lockwood or sorry the sounds of slaughter pine the barking of the dogs and the hooting of owls and the chirping of crickets which seem to be active at all hours now causing even more audible confusion to the three of you you're standing in this dark alleyway with only the lantern that eagles dob is holding and before you among broken barrels and crates is a body dead its neck snapped their neck snapped nearby is the shallow breathing of two of these would-be gang uh, people the woman Shelly Thack who had that big ostentatious belt that looked like a rat head the river rats the river rats and they all smell they smell of the docks they smell like dead fish and driftwood and they smell like the bright water they smell like they work on the river in fact Mm -hmm. and that her accomplice uh who i believe wilson thornton something called the dickhead uh who kind of came up out of nowhere trying to ambush all of you who was working his his leather cestus in with one bare hand like like an old like an old blitzballer's mitt and uh he got not he got knocked down about three pegs within the flash of a flash of a uh, flash of a of an eye and if we recall eagle's dove had cast invoke fury and lesser longarm had done some kind of hilarious stuff and then Chuckles had just knocked the, one of them the fuck out. So you yeah. have a dead body, you have Shelly Thack, one of the river rats, and her accomplice, and Wilson Thornton, who is your hedge knight, who's Tim's character, he's banging on the back door of Alamore's, Aramore's parlor. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <clears throat> I look for a barrel that isn't broken. You're walking amid the splinters of one that you had thrown this man across and then had used to snap his neck, which immediately fills you all with a little bit of dread because murder is punishable by death. Mm-hmm. But the laws are built to protect the rich. Hopefully this person isn't somebody of note. You never knew their name and they will never know yours. You find the barrel that's intact. Worth it. Um, I uh, I stuff the body inside the barrel. Okay. You pop it off, and there's this kind of rancid pickled smell, and Chuckles pushes it over as pickled fish kind of wash across this narrow alleyway, sloshing across at these 
these dead stir pike. Um, a little bit of liquid in there so that, you know, the, mm. it can help bask the scent of the body a little bit. Okay, They're going to find it. They're going to find it, but, you know. That way. Pickle the body? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you pickle the body. That's uh, <laughs> one way to get out of a pickle. <clears throat> There's, from where you're at, in this alley, in, things kind of grow quiet for a moment upon the realization that this person is dead. You can hear the sloshing of the river nearby, the sound of the Brightwater River kind of near the docks. They must be near because you can hear it. And you knew before the eternal night fell, they were within maybe a hundred yards, greater than, you know, the, as far as you could, you could uh, pull a bow and sling an arrow. But in the in the eternal night, all is darkness. All is a labyrinth before you. Street signs gone. Mm-hmm. No lamps on the roads here. Sounds coming from within Aramore's parlor along this faceless alleyway with no windows, just this lone iron shod door with a big old rock brick near it. I'm gonna sign to uh Eagle stop. I'm going to say, we could take this barrel and dump it in the river. That way, they were the last person awake or alive. They could just disappear. I'll sign back that I think that's a good idea. We need to do whatever we can to hide the body. And, uh, uh, I'll, I'll say, we take a body now and we the dump in the river. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I guess, but uh, we gotta back up our boy here. They're not opening the door, Wilson <laughs> says. <laughs> it's a fucking kitchen door. Look, there's garbage all on the ground. This is clearly where they bring food in and out. There's a fucking trash bin right there. We need to. We need to eventually go to the door. That's where Shelley was bringing the dogs. Does it make it? Well, they just bring him to the front door. Doesn't make any sense. Wilson is a very acerbic person, as you know, and maybe not all that logical either. One of those two would know more. We should interrogate them in the middle of the alleyway. Wilson says. You got a house nearby. The closest I got to a house friend is Big Cory's. Same goes for you, you, and you. Part of me is tempted to grab one of the pike and slap him in the face with it to wake him up. Uh, can I have a out game question. Can I use the magic when not in battle? Of course, yeah. Always. So what Equals Dog would like to do is I have this thing called the haunting here. And I can use it, and it will... I can conjure ghostly sounds or voices, and I need the death shroud of someone murdered in order to do it. So what I could do is convince this other person, this other river rat, with the death of one of their loved ones, to tell us information. With the voice of the death of one of their loved ones to tell yeah. us information. Yeah, no, that's interesting, okay. Yeah, so um, to cast that, it's going to be a routine incantation test. Okay. 
So battle buddy. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think I might. Okay, so I know that I'm using willpower. Mm -hmm. I got a thing here. So forty-seven fifty-seven. Routine. And then routine, the difficulty ratings are right there. Okay, that's right. So plus 10. So 47, 57, 67. I am injured though. So I have to <coughs> roll an D6 for the next three hours. Oh, so yeah, from Chaos Manifestation earlier. Or, yeah. Well, yeah. Does that um, apply here though? It, what injury do you have? A busted kneecap. Um, I think. Uh, there, oh, wait, no. Um, yeah, the. the Injury, I don't have any books with me. Yeah, so Failed agility or brawn based skill right. test. Okay, so yeah. so only if it's agility or brawn. Yeah. yeah. So this wouldn't count. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So but you do have an injury. Yeah. Yeah. Very bust a knee. We got shot by a bullet. Yeah, bus. which mechanically doesn't have anything to do with right now, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, if you want to get healed, you'll need to get the injury fixed first, but that's, that's later. Um, so... Uh, at this point, you just ask yourself whether or not you are good with routine because you do have the ability to channel if mm, you want mm, to. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Mm, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Remember, sure. you do have cult personality. You do have a trait that allows you to automatically succeed this skill test, but you move one step down the peril condition track automatically. Yeah, I'm already seriously... Oh, uh, peril. No, no, I'm just going to... Okay. I got a 67. Okay. okay, so go ahead and roll. Seventy-two. <laughs> Whenever we roll, we've got five coins. We do. You can give me one. I can you take want? it and spend a fortune. Want to do it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Two misfortune for me. Four for players. Go ahead and re-roll. All right. Damn. Oh man. All right. Slightly worse. It's too bad. Uh, so as this is happening, um, the the two of you kind of following what. Uh, what Isla had shared with you, you're kind of moving... Who has light between the two of you? I do. What do you have? I have a lantern and an oil pot. Okay, how many oil pots do you have? I only have the one, though I probably would have purchased more if I'd have known what the scenario was. We will talk about that I'm assuming due time. Yes. Maybe I could get a discount because I work in the mine. We'll find out. Um, so... Uh, with the lantern bobbing in Lady Sabella's hand in the darkness, the two of you were wandering, and and, and were this twenty eight days ago. You just can't, you know Slaughter Pine fairly well, and the way you know Slaughter Pine is you look for you look for landmarks. There are no landmarks to see. Every once so often you can hear you can see like perhaps the the guttering of candle lights in a window, or you can hear sound coming down the roads. But most of the road here around Big Cory's Pub and around the dockyards and toward Aramore's Parlor is mostly just it's a muddy rut in the road, laying with uh, with la lazily laying clapboard roads amongst the mud. And because it is fall and it is wet, and strangely it still seems to be raining in the eternal night, weather seems to still be present despite the fact that you can't see the clouds in the darkness. Um, the ground is wet, and the whole place is like some great labyrinthine darkness you can't make heads or tails of. So you must navigate your way there. Uh, so as you have the lantern, Lady Sibella, and you're leading the way, go ahead and roll a secret navigation test. Uh -huh, I don't have that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fail forward test. Also a flip to fail test. Mm -hmm. Yay! 
That's a 21. Wow, that was six Out of four to five. Nice! 21 or 12. So no matter matter which way you slice it, you succeeded. (laughs) So, (laughs) at some point, you are walking along the road, and then you... You kind of pause for a moment, Hiram, as you smell the air. It smells like garbage. Like the smell of garbage is very, very evident. And you can see that there are rats running over small hills of stinking of food waste, churning excitingly in the darkness. And just around the corner, behind your cousin's gambling hall, you see a single lantern resting on top of a barrel that chuckles is using his hands to hammer shut and you can see Eaglesdov standing well glowering over somebody lying in the middle of the road with this this absurd like metal belt and these loose fitting like clothes of somebody who works on the river she's glowering over him and like making (gasps) boo sounds she's oh boogie 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 (laughs) she's not doing that but it's funny to think about um eagle's dob is clearly trying to conjure one of her cheap tricks that you've seen her do before hiram of course you know you've seen this before yeah being being a being a rapscallion of a sort of yourself cheap conjure of tricks um and then of course there's there's serga field's finest the retired thrower, Lester Longarm Killjoy. Yeah. Timberwolves, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Timberwolves forever. The Wildcats. Wild Who were we? The Wildcats. <laughs> and around, and sure enough, as you turn about, as you prepare to like, be jumped again by the river rats, you see the lantern being held by Lady Sibella, and at her right hand is Hiram the Beggar. Just who we're looking for. We walk in on something. Uh, I think we walked in on something. They all well, look probably guilty, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> see, can't tell with my character, but yeah, we was stop your mask like seems too busy doing guilty. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we're looking for the dog. Um, that's a. Uh, it's not a dog. Oh no, but uh, they stole Thank the dog. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> no problem. I mean, it's dark. I don't know, maybe. They no. stole the dog? Right. These two were river rats. Oh. You're sure they stole the dog? They admitted it before we knocked him out. This fuck went right here admitted to it as as Wilson interjects in the middle of the conversation, pointing toward this woman whose face is bleeding and eye is like completely uh, swollen shut. Like where they just beat this woman and her accomplice yeah, he like to a bloody pulp. <laughs> what do you like? You clotheslined her, her and then took her to the ground. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he uh, used the like the butt of his sword to just like knock her out. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, or the flat of his blade is what it the was. The flat of his blade just whack. Yeah, there's a big old like I don't know, like yeah. a big straight whelp across her face. This one tried to jump us as I bend over and I take the cestus from him. Oh, um, I could be wrong, but someone might potentially believe this was a coerced confession at this point. Just, you know. I mean, uh, it's not like the gods are around. 
No. I suppose that's good. I didn't see any of them. Is he dead? No, those two are just knocked out. Oh. Eagle's dog just stands over and continues to try to do spells because she's very embarrassed about what she's done. Do you want to try again? No, she's embarrassed because <laughs> Chuckles had to murder someone for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not That's even right. alluding to a third person. <laughs> yeah. And, and, the only, and really, the only two people who know about that are Chuckles and Eagle's dog. Like, Wilson and Lester Longer have no idea why Chuckles killed the person. I figured it because he shot oh. us. <laughs> he did shoot a blunderbuss yeah, at everybody when down I, the when fence. I asked right. you, it was in still sign. Yeah. Because, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm over here seriously wounded, I think. That's right. So if they took the dog, where's the dog? I believe this. We're trying to find out. So I don't care if there's too much commerce. Whether they are commerce, confession, or not. What commas have to do with this, Wilson says. Exactly. Right. So uh, this part. You, so you this know that uh, Chuckles has not had a good grasp on. Like, Ald. On Ald, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very obvious he did not grow up speaking Ald. Yeah. He's, he's foreign of some sort. Yeah, you all, yeah, so that's one thing that, uh, although all of you grew up in some capacity in different boroughs in Slaughter Pine, in the 50 years it's been here, you're probably the first, you're probably the first generation of children born here, in fact, which is interesting to think about. Um, your parents have roots here, but more importantly, related to Chuckles, he is not, not from Slaughter Pine. He's from the Lockwood, and that's all you know. Uh, would I know anything about the river rats potentially? Could I roll for that, maybe? Uh, it is. Yeah, it's a it's an, an arduous skullduggery test. Maybe you can use intelligence to modify it instead of agility. I will use my agility. Uh, no. You think on it, and you know. There have been many, there are many criminal organizations in Slaughter Pine, to no great surprise. Hell, for that matter, many people believe that both the Arbors and the Pools, the two leading aristocratic families who founded Slaughter Pine, are criminals themselves. But are all rich people? Uh, some, <laughs> that's right, eat the rich. Um, so, but the River Resto, the name doesn't come to mind at all. Like it seems strange. You've never heard of them. So who are these people? They, they're the ones that uh, that been stealing dogs, apparently. Uh, didn't wasn't it? They uh, wait. So there's been more than one dog. Like Rufus isn't the only one. Oh, apparently. Pudsy. You hear this constant barking somewhere, coming from deeper. Or sorry, toward the docks, and that's actually there's a dog named Lucky that is incredibly loud. You can hear his bark halfway across Slaughter Pine. He's like an old St. Bernard that's constantly at the dock master's side. Um, you can hear him barking even from here. Even though you can't see the doctor, you can hear Lucky barking. Mm. As dogs tend to do. There's a lot of dogs in Slaughter Pine, by the way. <laughs> I should note. There are a lot of animals in Slaughter Pine. Dogs in particular. In fact, the Order Magistrate um who is like the leading judge in Slaughter Pine 
uh, has a poodle that she holds, that whenever she holds court, the poodle's always with her. Mm. Are we going with, like, higher class people just all have dogs? Because that makes sense with my character. Absolutely. So he's like, that's pretty cool, right? He's a poodle court. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that'll work. Let's do that. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Doggy dog world. Well, then we definitely have to find this person. But where, so you're, you're questioning them. And she kind of pokes a toe at the person that's passed out on the ground. Uh, yeah, so Wilson says, her name's Shelly Thack. That's what she told us. Maybe it's a cover, he says, grimacing in a very menacing way. Right. Wilson's mind tends to turn toward the dark often, mm. which most of the time he's wrong about. But mm. that's just the twist of his dark mind. He's looking for enemies in every shadow he can find. Uh, well, have they said anything? I thought, uh, didn't they say they was taking them to, uh... Yes, they take them to the kitchen. The kitchen Wait. of the, uh, gambling house here. Wait. And obviously... They up them off and they get paid. They're not, uh, open for backdoor business right now. Lester's pointing directly at Aramore's parlor when he says this. Uh, huh. Interesting. Are they eating them? That's, there's no kitchen there, as far as I know. Um, a, everyone knows it's a gambling hall. Are they fighting? Well, they do make, to be clear, they do make food there. They have a great oh, okay. okay. It's a, it's a, <laughs> they have all-you-can-eat crab buffet. <laughs> Maybe they do. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, uh, yeah, yeah they, they, they have a kitchen, but uh, as far as I know, they never serve dog. I mean, it could be dog fighting. Probably get in there and they know. So if we're, if, I mean, Rufus if, is a big dog. If, if we're not gonna be allowed in the back door, we'll just go in the front. That's all there is to it. Just go in the front. Okay. Okay. And this one here, can Wait. come with us. Wait. What do you think? Not me. Like uh, uh, Chuckles has always been like looking to you and he he keeps like saying awkward things like you are leader <laughs> like you are leader oh lord um i guess we should go in the front i mean you know the place better than i do so i why don't where is the front door so this way oh. so you you all what are you gonna do with the two people that you have lying on the ground who are currently incapacitated and unconscious. I'm going to pick one up and throw one over my shoulder. You are to carry a body through the streets of Slaughter Pine? To oh, be clear. okay. Um, yeah, we're just going around the corner. I think we can make it to the uh, um, the game hall parlor. Okay. Who's going to take the other body? Chuckles can. You slaying the bodies of these of these two river rats over your shoulder, and you step out into the streets. And as you do this, you hear this distant screaming, like a like a warbling, a kind of a woman's the lantern voice. in that direction. <laughs> uh, you swing your lantern that direction, but it meets a building. The sound is coming from somewhere toward the dockyards. You think. 
let's let's get let's get inside the di- the the hall before that commotion brings any attention this way. Wait, was there anyone else, or was it just the two people that you guys found? We don't have time for this. You hear this <laughs> sound coming now from behind the the alleyway. Or the other behind the buildings where you swung your lantern toward. Like from the area we were just at? No. Okay. From somewhere else nearby. You Look, see. Fine, you can take the bodies in, but I've got to find out what's going on. Suddenly, Shelly Thack begins to awaken over your shoulder. Chuckles. Her hands are bound, which is good. Good morning. <laughs> what do we do? As uh, you just see these two eyes looking at you. These warm, kindly eyes beneath the, uh, yeah, beneath the, the kind iron of, mask. Kindly blue eyes. Kindly blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. Look, fine, you can take them in there, but we've got to find out what that is. What if it's somebody else getting attacked? And so uh, Chuckles turns towards you and starts heading in that direction. And still okay. carry, still carrying. <laughs> Just put him down. <laughs> so, uh, put him down in front of the Aramore's pit or whatever. I'm going this way. What are you all going to do? Exactly what she said. <laughs> Sabella <laughs> starts heading towards you. What about the rest of you? Literally what she said. Uh, I'm following. I don't know. This is not my game plan, it's not my call. <laughs> Alright, well, if that's the case, I'll set the body down and move on. <laughs> You're taking Shelly back with you? No, I, I do exactly I said, what I she said. I said drop him against the building and let's go. Okay. Um, you so kind of like, just put him in a sitting position. <laughs> leaning, get, leaning against each other. Yeah, we kind of have all the information we needed from. We know where the dogs are going. Assuming they was not lying, yeah. Well, probably them being woken up from you knocking them out is not going to necessarily make them give you information anyway. Yeah, they know you serious enough to knock them the hell out. It's a bit of intimidation, but... Uh, if they remember. Well, You've been hitting the head enough. Do you remember every time? No. There you go. Let's just find out what's going on. Obviously, more people are getting attacked. Well, you leave Shelly and this other river rat in the alleyway beside one another in a prone position, hands still bound. Um, don't do crime. <laughs> don't do don't do crime. Crime doesn't pay. Shelly and the her accomplice's mouth are 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 bound. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Wilson said he was going to. Um, Bind their yeah. binding gag them as best he could, um, and you can hear the the sound of the of the bright water. It's the first thing you hear, in fact, when you're kind of heading that direction. Like you know, you're getting close, sort of close to the docks, um, and and the first thing that you notice along the way is that um, there's even though you still have light in hand, um, there are low lamps that are kind of hung from like these iron posts near the dockyards that actually begin to softly illuminate these neat rows of docks cluttered with barges, uh, seemingly neglected, uh, padlocked warehouses, the, the Brightwater River along, just not within a stone's throw. And you can, you can, you can't make up the opposite shore of the river. 
because it's shrouded in darkness. But the, the, the it smells like dead fish and water and, and, and just kind of smells like a river nearby. But you're not heading that direction. You're actually heading toward uh, an, another alleyway that leads toward one of the main roads. And in the middle, literally in the middle of the road, uh, you can see that there is this um, woman and she's dressed head to toe in these black and brown robes and has this this huge like white wig that's threatening to fall off of her head this older elderly woman who's actually she has a leash in hand with this tiny poodle and grabbing the 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 uh Collar. Dog collar, yeah, what's wrong with me? Grabbing the dog collar is this man dressed just like Shelly Thack with these dark kind of loose clothes in this absurd iron belt buckle that looks like it's shaped in the face of River Rat and, and he's saying, give me that dog, you bitch! As he's trying to pull he's trying to pull the poodle away from this old woman and she looks a bit like, um... I charge him. A bit like this. dog he's screaming as he's trying to steal the dog from this from this elderly woman who you don't recognize at this point at least what are you all gonna do charge smell the drugs or something charge i want to try to sneak up on him since seems like we got the jump on him let's do this let's start from hiram so you want to sneak up hiram mm-hmm. okay and eagles dog what do you want to do from in so do uh, so what's the distance on that? Oh. Um, any one person I can touch. Oh, so you need to get closer. Yeah. So do you want to rush up there to use subdue? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about Chuckles? Huh? Chuckles will just try and keep pace with uh, Eagle Stop just to, like, watch her back. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, what about Lady Sabella? Uh, so Sabella is going to. Are we actually doing like? Uh... Yeah, you got a surprise turn. Okay, uh, then I am going to call out uh, commands to everyone with inspiring words, or what are we calling it at this point? I don't know because we're in the crossover. Words as weapons. All right, so uh, I'm going to use my words as weapons to get everybody there quicker. Okay. And what about Lester Longarm Killjoy? Uh, he's going to charge forward, and he's going to actually blow on that whistle that he took from what's-her-name to try to get his attention, and when he does, he's just going to cold cock him. Okay. So you all will clearly get the jump on this person. We don't need to roll any dice. Let's narrate what happens. <laughs> like, so you all close the distance. Hiram, what's the, what happens from um, your perspective? What I does think Hiram the do? first thing he does is... He runs up and these belt buckles probably mean something to this group, so he's going to take the belt buckle. <laughs> he's going to filch the belt buckle. Yeah, like in the midst of this of this uh, of this chaos. Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> what, Eagles Dove, like from your perspective, what happens? Like you're intending to close this and cast subdue. What happens? Well, I rush up and get my powers ready, and then once I get close, I just 
push the magic into him and subdue him. What's the uh, what's the reagent for that? A handful of sand poured onto the ground. Okay. So do I have to have that? You do. Oh. But we'll assume that since you're near the dockyards, you probably have a handful of silt. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. So go ahead on your character sheet. Um, record that you have ten handfuls of sand. Um, chuckles? Uh, chuckles is uh, clomping forward as he's got veterans boot. Um, and so it's this, like, clomp, 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 as uh, he's trying to just keep pace with equal stuff. <laughs> as um, he's trying to keep an eye out and see if anyone else is coming. Like, he's he's pretty sure that everybody's got it, um, and he's trying to watch uh, his buddies, buddies? Yeah. Back. Yeah. Um, and uh, make sure no one comes up. Okay. That's, that's pretty much what his focus is. That makes sense. Uh, what about for Sabella? Like, there, what's happening? Uh, so as Sabella is charging forward with everybody, she draws her sword and, and she calls out, um, you know, co- goes back to her military training and everything and calls out, surround to the perimeter, make sure that no one's coming down this alley. I need you to hang back. And like, she's just calling out commands as she goes forward, pulling her sword to run up and uh, she will immediately threaten the person uh, once she gets within the range. Okay. And what about for Lester? You said you're going to charge forward. Oh, yeah. Three-point tackle? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So I'm charging forward, and uh, I, I see that uh, Hiram steals the belt, and part of me hopes that he's, like, distracted by his, like, pants falling down, probably. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the whistle, he probably, like, looks, and then he's just, like, this confused look as, you know, he just gets cold-cocked, and then I hope he, like, just passes out just, like, Falls down with yeah. his pants around his ankles. It's just yeah, hilarious. He, he passes up because of the cold. Yeah. 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 So what no, we, we 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 kind of see all this happen all at once as this all kind of unfolds, and suddenly the, the this person, this clearly a river rat, is like lying on the ground, prostrate. Yeah. Like near the docks. Yeah. Beneath a a a lamp. Like a lamp that's like guttering in the night, like it's like there are there are moths batting against the glass, and you're almost directly beneath the light, and you look all directions. It's dark, except because you were looking out there for others. You can see these two tiny lanterns kind of bobbing near the dockyards, and you can see the face of a very young man in the face of a grizzled old woman, and. As this all kind of unfolds, they actually hide. They extinguish their lanterns. So, as this happens, um, here along the docks, the woman kind of, she is clearly confused and trying to gather herself as she's kind of picking up her skirts and she's looking down. And maybe it's just because you're from the borough called Mount Sawdust, but you know this woman is somebody of stock, um, Lady Sabella, um, because she's wearing what appears to be some sort of official robe of office, and she's pick, she's scooping up, she's scooping up this little poodle into her arms, and 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 she's she's you ruffian, she says toward the toward the person on the ground. There's a very shrewd-looking woman once again with this big kind of fake 
white wig, powdered almost. It's kind of halfway off of her head. And she has, of course, the the robes of her office. And she she stops and she says, How dare you! And she points her finger uh, accusedly at the person on the ground. And Eagles Dove, immediately your stomach shrinks as you realize that the woman they tried to accost is someone uh, well-known all throughout Slaughter Pond. Uh, she is... Give me a minute here. I'll put her name on a card for you. Lady Evelyn Goodchild? No. Uh, judge something. Judge Judy. I like it. <laughs> judge, judge Judy. Judge. You're not good enough to call her Judy. <laughs> uh, it is... I think, yeah, we should carry that name forward. It's Order Magistrate Evelyn Goodchild. She's like the chief judge of Slaughter Pine. Here's her character card. Would any of the rest of us know who she is at all? Okay, I have another card for Lady Probably not. Evelyn Goodchild. Yeah, so go ahead and toss, tear that old one up. Okay. Because we we're kind of re- redoing our story. So yeah, you can toss that one and keep that one. This is Order Magistrate Evelyn Goodchild. She's the chief judge of Slaughter Pine. Good evening, madam. Lester Longarm Killjoy, Hedge Service. You all right? If you would have not have come at the time you did, it is very likely that Winnie, as she kind of pets the poodle, would have been accosted and I would have been dead. You have my thanks, she says. Yeah, there's, there's more. Yeah. As I point over towards where the lights were. A young one and an old one. This one came from the darkness. It had no, they had no light when they tried to rob me says. Yeah. We came across two others. Did the same thing to us. Tried to rob us. Pray tell your names. I'm not familiar with thy faces, she says. And you feel this kind of like, this kind of, she's looking down her nose at all of you as if she was standing upon a lectern. And there's this, she has this air of gravitas like within her voice. Like, she's someone important. You just don't know who she is yet. Save for Eagle's Dove. Uh, I am Lady Sabella Culpepper. Uh, my name's uh, uh, Tyrone Turtle Dove. Obviously, to lie to everyone else, but... Mm-hmm. Maybe she believes it, maybe she doesn't. Uh, I'll say Bella, again. Uh, so this, uh, <laughs> West of Long Arm Killjoy. Her eyes turn toward Eagles. Longest arm the Timberwolves ever known. Susan. Chuckles. <laughs> Those who lie gain one corruption. <laughs> I was out walking Winnie. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. She says, I am Evelyn Goodchild. 
I do not think I have crossed any of your paths in my court, which means you must be good citizens of Slaughter Pine. Only the best, right here. Tis fate that I suppose it brought you here to save my life and poor Winnie's. And she pets this little poodle in her arm that's kind of shivering. I do apologize, um, but could someone go towards where you saw those other people? She holds out her lantern. Wait, there's a different two? As you point your lantern there, there's nothing to be seen out of the darkness, save for a few crates and these long jetties that extend out into the Brightwater River. Right. There are more! She turns about. Never two in that direction. The Night Watch has not been patrolling since the eternal night has fallen here in Bargetown. One of our uh, friends was accosted as well. They uh, beat her amongst the head and stole her dog. Why? This ruffian attempted to do the same. I was out walking Winnie when this villain, she says, exited Eremol's parlor and started following me. Immediately aroused my suspicion. Ruffians never escape my gaze. As she's looking toward both uh, Hiram and Eagles Dob. They waited until I turned down a more secluded street and attacked. They tried to pull poor Winnie leash away from it. I held on screen for help. Luckily you arrived, she says. Uh, God's willing. Yes. Eagles Dob has to disguise her voice so she says dude I have a, a eagle's dog's also branded on the throat so um you're not trying to hide that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like and what would you like to give us in return for saving your life maybe a pardon for any crimes <laughs> we commit now or in the future it seems an unusual ask uh, knowing the order of magistrate's temperament, you just see uh, Chuckles' uh, hands start flying. La Lady Sabella, more importantly, Sabella's <laughs> eyes are just wide as she stares between the, Hiram the, and the, Eagle's the, job, Like, as, really? As, with this ask, the thing that you know, that you immediately know about since the fall of the Eternal Night, it has brought something out most unmerciful about her. Um, she sees the law as the only thing holding Slaughter Pine back from a full descent into chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, by making swift, violent examples of those who would harm others, she hopes to stop the spread of crime. This is Since the eternal line has fallen, it's like personalities have flipped toward their more, I don't know, chaotic side, one could say. But you know her to be a very exacting woman, but even more since the eternal night. So as Eagle's Dob asks this, she needs to make charm test <laughs> and because you are branded and she would hold you in contempt of it it's flipped to fail so what you do it's, it's going to be a routine charm test whatever whatever you roll on your on your percentile dice you will transpose the values to their worst value possible so uh, normally when i do that to make it easiest i use these two these two yeah and then i yeah i arrange them in the worst order they could possibly be What's your chance to succeed? Uh, so I have a 45. And you said, what was the difficulty rating? 
It's routine. Routine. Okay, so 45, 55. Okay, so go ahead and roll them, and then I'll show you what we're talking about. Okay. And so, um, like, it could be a 45 or a 54, and so um, when it's flipped to failure, arrange it for what could possibly be the worst, and see if you could still succeed with the po- the worst possibility. Okay, so I still succeed. Yeah. But, oh, nice. Yeah. She has yeah. a 54. So, so roll low is good, roll high is right. bad, if and you, you still succeed, 19, that's good. Though, it would be 19 or 91. 91. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you transpose yeah. the tens. That makes sense. That seems a rather unusual ask. Have you crimes to your name? Uh, Petty no. crimes or no. bigger crimes? Uh, well, seeing as how we just saved your life, what if no questions are asked and only a pardon is given? She puts the dog, Winnie, down Maybe. gently on the, on the side of the road and she produces... A small chapbook from the inside of her judge's coat <laughs> and produces a quill from her hair. And as she flips the journal open, she dips in this tiny little thing of, of ink and says, Tell me your names again. I want to make sure I remember your heroic service. As clearly Eagles Dove has pulled the wool over the Order Magistrate's eyes. <laughs> will you all give her your will you all give her the same names you gave before? I'll give her my real name this time. <laughs> I will ask her if it are you as Yo bro. Will will my name sway you either way? I shall remember your name should you come before the Order Magistrate's Court, and perhaps an accommodation could be made. Should it be for petty crimes? But high crimes are another matter altogether, madam. Like, uh, Chuckles is like, you should probably tell your real name. And then I say to Chuckles, I've murdered a lot of people, Chuckles. I don't think you should tell her my real name. <laughs> so, haven't I? <laughs> yes. Okay. She doesn't know that I've murdered many people, though. So I will go ahead and tell her my real name. So I, I give my real name. I'm giving Probably. my real name now. Okay. I look up at her. She. I show my neck. And I say, Eagle stuff. She arches an eyebrow upon learning this truth. And she pins your name in. Have you no surname, madam? Simply Eaglesdorf? Just Eaglesdorf. And what if another Eaglesdorf comes wandering into my court? Tis dark, my eyes do sometimes betray me with the glaucoma. <laughs> you certain you don't have a surname? Is this something you're trying to hide? Eaglesdorf. Learnus. Lernus family, hmm? Can't say the apple falls that fall from the tree. I know your father. Aramore? That's the one. Hiram Aramore? You know that these rough and tumble types were hanging around Aramore's parlor the last few days, ever since this darkness fell. These streets are mean these days. These river rats, she says, calling them, almost like she had 
just dub them river rats just right now like it, like she's the one who came down from on high and gave them their name these river rats she says she writes that down as well river rat you know and she <laughs> underlines it <laughs> and closes her book and places the chat book back inside of her her judge's robes you know, uh, well, here we have the guilty right right at her feet. Pray that you do not end up before the order court for major transgressions. But I shall remember your names for your heroism tonight. And I shall also remember those who told me falsely. Can't be too careful these times. I was just being... I, no, I don't know you, you know me. No, well, maybe you know me now, but I just couldn't help myself. I like to go incognito most of the time. Yes. I'm careful. That's what they all say, she says. As for this rat, go fetch the harbor master, she says, raising her eyes toward the sky that's only darkness and not even looking at you in your own. Fetch the harbor master. We shall have him take care of this river rat. Uh, okay. I can take care of the river rat for you right now. Let's uh, find this harbor master. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not sign language. Just <laughs> stop. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Bella turns very slowly and just looks at Ingletop like. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, um, hey, uh, Wilson, would you mind going to get the Harbor Master and it'd be great? It'd be really great. Oh, uh, fuck that. I'm not going anywhere by myself. There's two okay. lights bobbing out there. That dingleberry head said out there. I'm not going by myself. These streets are dangerous. I've been with you. You and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the body. Like pants still around the ankle and everything. Take it to the harbor master. How about I stay here with the order magistrate and you nitwits go talk to the harbor master? Excuse Wilson me. Wilson says. You heard me. <sighs> I got this. He pulls out his sword and tunk. He stands right beside <laughs> the harbor master like he's some sort of big damn hero. Charming as always. <laughs> Look, I've had a hero. bad fucking night. He repeats for the fifth time. Fine. I'll go to the Harbor Master. Yeah. We'll go with you. Yeah, we can all go. I got this. <laughs> he he kind of gives a knowing wink to the Order Magistrate, and she simply kind of keeps her arms crossed, judging him where he stands. <laughs> you all feel a bit judged, despite the fact that you just saved this judge's life. <laughs> Judgey Judgesons. Uh, she's the boss, applesauce. Uh, and um, so that all of you are going to go down toward the harbor. What about yeah. the lights you saw in the darkness? Yeah, what are you going to do with that? Is that not They're towards gone. the harbor? They said that was kind of. They, they are kind of toward the harbor. It's funny you should ask. I, go that still, way. Like, I still like to look. I got your back. Wilson says, nobody's going to get past me over here. I can see everything. Thank you. Let's take a quick 
five minute break for listeners, viewers. We'll be back in like literally like a second because we're pausing the recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we're back. So you're going to, to be clear, you want to head down toward the dockyards where you can have saw the bobbing lights. Is that mm-hmm. where you want to go first? Okay. That's where I want to go. Okay. Yeah. So um, the order magistrate, Evelyn Goodchild, is standing with Wilson. I called him Wilson Phillips last time. Wilson Thornton. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. 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 There's so many Wilsons. Um, Willie. Willie. Uh, Willie Bob Thornton. Because it is literally his last name is Thornton. And his first name is Willie. Anyway. You leave Wilson with Evelyn Goodchild, who now has your names in her books. Maybe that can come into your come be used to your advantage at some point in the near future, should you do something really bad or get drawn before the order magistrate. Um, but you you begin heading toward what the dockyards. Um, and it's it's actually not <laughs> not difficult to find, um, even in the dark. Uh, the, you know the dockyard basically stretches from kind of the north to the south area along the Brightwater River. In fact, there's a little map here. Um, you can kind of see it. I mean, I'll have a big map actually next week, but here's the this little yellow mark is kind of where the is where the Big Cory's Pit is, and the dockyards are of course near the Brightwater River, uh, near a bridge where this there's this big bell called the Danger, in the middle of it. But that's not where you're going. Um, you're actually heading toward the dockyard, which basically runs once again you know north south along the Brightwater. Um, and every dock, even in the darkness, is packed with forgotten creaking barges um, in lonely boats for rent that can't travel beyond the darkness of the encompassing Lockwood. As you well know, people who have ventured out into the Lockwood toward the boundaries, nobody really knows how far it is out there, but as they try to go past the boundaries, just end up back here. No one knows if water can pass through, or if nobody really understands the physicality of it. It seems to be something very different than perhaps maybe maybe Eagles Dove can understand over time and as the story unfolds. But um, no less, these boats that are for rent, like, they're not going anywhere. Nobody's going up and down the river. Uh, even though even though Slaughter Pine is a, is a major port along the bright water leading toward the capital of Rowaline, um, no traffic has come down river in 28 days, which means the people who've been staying in big quarries of, are basically stuck but here in the darkness you can still make out kind of small warehouses uh, that are basically store temporarily storing the wares of all these traveling merchants they line the streets of the dockyards uh, most of these ships and cogs that came down river that were heavily laden with with uh, crates of whatever being brought into and outside the city are basically stored in these warehouses along the dockyards um, a, a small two-story home with lights on the win- in, in the window stands in the middle of the docks. This is the dockmaster's house. Um, and this is where the dockmaster would oversee basically the non-existent operations of the docks. Like, And you're looking around for those two bobbing lanterns and you head down that way and you feel the, the clapboard kind of shift this way and that as you realize you're now walking along this long, broad, kind of 15-foot wide by 30 to 40 feet long wooden pier um, that's on top of the bright water and it's suspended it's not suspended it's actually kind of resting up on these uh, I guess 
best to describe it as piles. I think that's what they call those big trees that are driven into the to the, the the bed of the river. They kind of they dam the river off and they put them in their earth. They let it soak back in. But this this is dockyard's been here since you know the past twenty odd years or so. Even though even though slaughter pine's only been around for fifty years, um, this is one of the first docks built. It's one of the most sturdy. and It's also the oldest. Um, you head toward toward that way where you saw the. The, the, the bobbing lights and amid the crates and the wooden cranes and ropes and spools of of mooring and everything else that would kind of keep a dock running um, is bereft of anyone. There's nobody here save for you. Um, you're looking the, the, the warehouses clearly have any lights at all. It make no sense to do so. Um, from here in the docks because there's no travel or traffic happening, None of the lamps are lit, and for a very good reason, uh, as Hiram has probably explained, like, people are starting to hoard candles, oil, uh, charcoal, um, for, not only just for light, but for what happens when winter comes. What will happen? Because the area surrounding Slaughter Pine, like, is just tree stumps for days. Like, they have clear-cut the Lockwood for miles. Like, you have to go into the deep woods to actually find wood. And that's what surrounds all slaughter pines. So imagine, now you can imagine why the dockyards aren't illuminated. There's no business, there's no traffic, there's no need to. There's just this small two-story home of the dock master and he clearly is there you can see little candlelights flashing from inside the windows but no sight nor sound of those two bobbing glows of glowing lanterns that you saw the young man and the gruff looking woman they just kind of disappeared I saw it. the young man Grown woman, older woman. You want to lower that a little bit, Adam? Sure, I'll lower it this much. Hey, young man, gruff, older-looking woman. Yes. He's not here, but I saw. Huh. Look around for maybe some footprints or scuff or anything that might indicate somebody running off. <laughs> Roll survival test. This is a secret. I rolled a 16. I have a 53. Want to keep that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, you you begin kind of plodding along the docks, and um, you can see there's some muddy boot prints here and there, clearly of someone who's been patrolling. Strangely enough, who would patrol an abandoned dockyard? That seems a bit at odds with what you're seeing here. But you do identify where the boot prints are going. It's just one set of boot prints. You said there was two? You thought you saw two at least? No, think. Maybe they uh, walk in single file to hide their numbers. I don't get it. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, 
when we walk onto the field, we walk in in like a single file line. So why are you hiding your numbers? I don't know why they would be, but uh, so that way they don't know how strong you are. I don't quite understand where you're coming from with this. I mean, it was a long, long way away from maybe the joke I was wanting. <clears throat> Did I just ruin it? I did. I don't know. You're welcome. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't understand. Me neither. What, what's so funny? I don't understand either. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you said there's only one set, though. Yes. One, one clear set of muddy boot prints. Well, I don't know that we're going to find much. Um, do any of you see anything? Well, where do the boot prints go? Like, Are they going this way? They're kind of wandering this way. Now, you just want to follow them? I mean, that's the best way to find out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't see footprints from a distance. You need to be kind of following them like, like a sleuth would. One would follow the muddy boot prints on the ground. I, I just didn't know if it was apparent whether or not they go away from the dockyards or... You have to follow. That's yeah, the best way to find out. We, we follow, we see. Maybe maybe young man carry old woman. I suppose that could be a scenario that happens. So one was like the bodyguard? Be my bodyguard. Body. Like they would carry him to protect him? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, I guess we can follow these paths. <laughs> As you're following the muddy boot prints, they kind of, <laughs> they go along the, the, the side of the dockyards. They become a little bit more shallow here and there because, I mean, obviously, like, unless somebody's got, like, a generous amount of mud on their boots, like, it's going to be a little hard to track. And for a moment, you almost lose the the trail until they pick back up because clearly there's, like, a big, wet, muddy ditch you have to jump jump over. Uh, Like, a shallow one, of course, like, filled with water. But whoever was walking just clearly walked right through it. Um, Like, they knew it was there. Um, and And the foot prints don't seem to be staccato they just seem to be like just normal like perhaps whoever was this boot prints are it's like they probably knew about that hole in the ground um and they go up they kind of come around one of the warehouses and you can see <clears throat> leashed up outside of almost a, i guess you would call it a key warehouse probably one of the more uh, the more well fortified warehouses of this made of clapboard and wood and with a peaked roof, no light outside of it, uh, roped up is this big fucking dog, like a big black mastiff. It's Lucky. You all know Lucky. The dog is just so incredibly loud, you could hear from here all the way to Big Cory's. Like, if you stop and listen now, you can hear the lapping of the water, and you could hear Lucky barking loudly, but you can't even hear Big Cory's from here. But if you're outside Big Cory's and the doors are shut... You can hear Lucky all the way in the dockyards, and that's where you're at now. And this huge bull mastiff is there, like, roar, 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 barking as loudly as it possibly can. You kind of almost like arresting for a moment. The dog is so damn loud. But you can see the boot prints go up, right, where a big old food bowl is resting in front of it. And the boot prints head toward 
the two-story home that's illuminated with candlelight coming from within. Go ahead and make an awareness test, Chuckles. This test is uh, routine. Routine, the 43. And with the 36, that's a success. Yeah. Uh, near, uh, near Lucky's, uh, where he's tied up, uh, you can see a pretty generous collection of old, like, colored, like, old brown medicine bottles, but they're clearly, like, they're clearly, uh, narrow whiskey, uh, whiskey containers, whiskey decanters, all empty. Just kind of resting and laying up on one another near the dog. Look like the dog have lots of fun. <laughs> As I point out the whiskey containers. Hmm. Well, this dog shouldn't be left outside, not with what's going on around town right now. Is this Lucky's home? Like, would we know this is where Lucky actually is from? Yeah, he lives in the dockyards with the dock with the dock master. Dock, not dog, but dock master. <laughs> the master of docks. And and dog. And dogs. And dog. Master one, dogs! Docks and one dog. Master. Master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is where Lucky lives. And his master is just up the hill. It does seem strange that he hasn't been taken. Probably too noisy. Yeah, I think everyone in the, the whole uh, borough would know if uh, Lucky went missing. He'd make a doggone racket. A doggone racket. Sure. Well, maybe he's not taken because he's lucky. Yeah. I'll get it. Maybe he has a lot of luck. His name is Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And my name Chuckles. Yes. Yeah. See, now you're learning about names. Sabella. <laughs> What's that mean? Me? I don't I don't know. Oh, no, I know Sabella. No. Chuckles. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we should tell uh, the uh, dock master. We should go up, check out what's going on with him. Yeah, we probably should. Um, tell him to take the dog inside. You want to take the dog off a leash and take it up there? No, I'm not taking the dog. <laughs> nope. It's the biggest, meanest, big brown black I, dog you've ever seen. I think he's probably going to be okay, at least, for us to be able to go up and talk to the yes. dog master. He hasn't been taken yet. The dog's, the dog's master. That's what I said, the dog master. Oh, dog master. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's listening tonight, are they? It just appears that there's so many problems with communication. I would like to note that Kay is the one making these puns, <laughs> and not us, so that's one for you. Yeah. I can't. I'm counting you know the what? Puns. We're already up to five for you guys. I'm yeah, catching up. That's one per player, to be fair. <laughs> dog, right. dog, dog. It's like the high chance. It is. We need, like, we need a separate marker board right here for K tracks the puns for the evening. <laughs> Run out of markers. Pun master! Um, so, you, so you leave the dog, um, and you and clearly these boopers lead right to the dock master's home. And it's this 
two-story wooden clapboard building. I mean, it, it's probably been here forever. Um, it's weather-worn. Uh, the the wood has kind of been bleached by the light of the sun. You're basically walking on creaky wood everywhere you go. Um, the bows beneath your boots. It's it's clearly like this. This building was built the same time the dock was, uh, and probably it was as you know. Horace Rains is, um, he's ran the dockyards as long as you know. You knock on the door, or you ring a little bell outside. Ding 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 ding. Who wants to take Horace Rains' character card? Somebody new. Who doesn't have a card? I got a card. I got a card. It's going to be Hiram. I got a card. You knock on the door, um, and this ruddy-cheeked, bleary-eyed man uh, greets you, and... Oh, well... He takes a moment to gather himself. Top of the morning to you. Beginning of the night to whatever time it is bloody well outside to you, he says. And you can smell as he kind of finally exhales this cheap whiskey on his breath. Good eternal darkness to you. Uh, a welcome gloaming to you too, he says. No fog creeping up off the bright water tonight, so I can't see a damn bloody thing of, uh, the fog was coming in to be seeing all the docks, but night and night. The reason we rung your bell... You come to rent a boat? We rung your bell because, uh, we, there's been a couple dogs dog napped around here. You heard? He kind of pauses and says, Ah. Uh, he kind of scratches his head trying to collect himself. Kind I of just trying to shake off the drunkenness that this air, his haze of drunkenness that lingers about him. We just wanted to warn you in case someone came up and took off with old Lucky. We'd sure miss that old bark. Lucky, you say, he says. You know, I didn't tell the lady when she came asking about her pup this eternal night. But when I woke up this afternoon, I did a, a, a bit of patrolling about. You know, the whole dog napping business you know I did a sweep to check you know the the dock hands work old Gemma and Jack and I found one of them one of them river rats hiding a barge I did and didn't know him but as he was older with a pale face and a bold paint you know I went chasing after him, but he grabbed Lucky by the car. He started slurring his words and tried to take her with him. Big mistake, he says. <laughs> <laughs> he hollered so loud that man 
She swallowed one of his fingers the moment he tried to drag Lucky away. I didn't tell the lady that because I wanted to spare from the bloody business, but... We chased that river rat off, Lucky and I did, and he ran right across the street to that, that gambling hall, Aramore's Parlor. Word is that place is crawling with river rats. So we just came home. Why do you think they're taking dogs? He looks at Eagle Stuff. Well, that's kind of why we came up here to ask you. Well. The river rats have been hanging around the dock. Well, he says. I can tell you that they're not, they're not discriminating on what kind of dog. Little dog, like poodle, fancy one, hideous, ugly poodle, and beautiful Rufus dog. And, and uh, gruff old Lucky. They're going after all of them. You know, I was fast asleep all this morning after this business. You know, Jim and Jack stayed up all night so I could get some shut eye. If there's anybody who knows anything about these river rats, it's, it's them twos. So, uh, would you say one was like maybe an older woman or a younger man? Yeah. Would you describe them so we would know? Aye. I mean, he kind of nods off almost for a moment. Jack's just a little one. Voice all creaky, you know. He's. His Teenager. balls are dropping. And Gemma, well, he kind of lowers his head. She just ain't the same since the eternal night, you know. It's, it's hurt. Affecting all of us, I suppose, in our own unique ways. What do you mean she's not the same? Uh... She's a tough old bird, that one. She's a Venturus, he says. Like, it's some name you should know, but you don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> it makes no sense to you. Wait, when you say she, she's a Venturus? I suppose you can say that, but... No! She used to be one of the finest dock hands. Here in Slaughter Pine, then you know, I had to furlough a bunch of folk when the eternal night fell. There's no river traffic, and no. Once we unloaded all the merchant caravels, there was no work to be done, but Jimma, she unloaded and emptied barges twice as fast as any other man. And she passed them skills to those she's supervised. So I kept old, I kept little baby Jack on, Jack Durvin. He's an apt pupil. But since the eternal night fell, she's something changed. She got all wistful, asking, "What is the meaning of all of it? 
If the entire city died in a big black bubble, would anyone outside really care or be impacted? You know, the whole... Uh, what's that woman? The learner's auger, what's her name? Uh, uh, the learner's auger? No, it's uh, the, the arbor's cat question. If you die in a black bubble and no one sees it but the people around, does anyone outside the black bubble care? She was asking the strangest of things. And she just got all, you know, sad, I suppose. So I kept Gemma and Jack on just as I can. There's nothing to do, but I feel bad. I mean, Jackie's all of, what, 15 winters old, but... Gemma ain't the same. Venturis she may be. Venturis. How many times I gotta repeat it to you? She's a Venturis. It's a fine family of duck hands. Ah. Alright. So whereas about uh, will we be able to find these two? Well, they should be on... She turns around and pulls like a wooden clipboard out that's tied with a piece of twine with a little bit of like a, a sharpened stick that's been dipped in mud. I see that there are only two people on the roster. <laughs> They're out there patrolling, she says. I'm supposed to be getting some shut-eye. I mean, it's almost... It's almost a witching hour. You know, curious thing about the witching hour, if you ain't got no stars or moon to see by every hour's the witching hour. Mm. And these bad things that happen all the time. See? Maybe Gemma does have a right of it. I like to think of it in a more positive manner. It's five o'clock somewhere, so it's five o'clock everywhere. Look. I tell you what, ever since this eternal night business fell, river rats coming in here, hiding from the night, watching empty boats from time to time, mm. shaking down businesses for protection, what protection we need. So instead of loading cargo like these whelps used to do out here in the cargo yards, now we just have to chase the scum off the docks. Shame, too. Many of them old, I'm sure many of them are people who worked here before, but there's no hmm. work to be had in a little slaughter pine anymore. He says, looking off in the darkness. So yeah, in the midst of the witching hour, every hour, these sons of bitches take to crime. He nods. Certain of himself. So, uh... Do you know their path that they take? Well, they're doing their patrols or whatever, Gemma and Jack. Oh, yeah. They just go down that way. And then a bit that way. And they're coming back. I mean, mostly the, what they've been doing over the past... Steward knows how many... Or custodian knows how many days. But making sure all the... Everything's tidy. As best one can. You know when the sun comes back. It's mm -hmm. going to come back. Um, the morning. When the, when the morning, when the rightful morning comes, 
Mm-hmm. Keeping things a tidy. Chasing off river rats if we see him in the barges, hiding from the night watch. We're reporting him up. But for the most part, they, they just go that way and turn around that way down there in the dark. He's pointing at the pitch. It's pitch black out there. He's just pointing at the... It's pitch black. He <laughs> turns around somewheres down there and then winds her way back up the bright water. They walk it all the way, the end of the docks and back. They walk almost all the way to the dinger, he says. Hmm. So if we just go the opposite direction, counterclockwise or which the other way, we'll run into them quicker. County Wampus, Stragalaggy, however you do it, is probably the right way. Well, uh, yeah, let's, uh, we need to find them. Um, looks like the, uh, Order of Magistrate might have had some issue, so, uh, need somebody to take oh, them home. Lady Goodchild. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah, the, uh... Sap is rising. She is a looker, that well. You know, back when I was young... You know, I, I think... I think, um... We should leave you to your drinks. You know, it's getting to your time to, to rest, right? So we should probably head out. Right? Are you sure you don't want to just come in? I can I would make some tea. To, but we've have, you, have you any pennies for a fellow drunk? He, he says... That's a rude thing to say, don't you think? Just because I'm courting the spirits of the Night Father and the damned eternal darkness, I'm a drunkard? I, I got business to attend to here in the dockyards. Are you calling old Horace Reigns a drunkard? I'm an upstanding citizen of Slaughter Pine. You know I never he starts close-talking higher. I never called you a drunkard. I called you a drunk. Well, I may, I may be like ten pisses in the sheet, or as they say, flying in the water. I don't know. I am drunk. Uh, That's um, why I'm he asking. Kinda, he digs into his pockets and he he pulls out three brass pennies. You spend them in big quarries, and I'll give these to you. And he puts them in your hand before you could answer. Mm. You sure you don't want to come in? I can make some tea. <laughs> It's a bit lively uh, out. I appreciate your hospitality, but I feel like we probably need to find Jack and Gemma. And, you know, he's got to go spend his money now at the big quarry, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, then. Well, uh, good eternal night to you. Mm-hmm. Don't spend, or spend it all in one place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I can be of any other service... You know where to find Horace Reigns as he takes a deep bow, yeah. staggering forward, catching himself on the door. Yeah. Well, think we, of me when you take some hair of the dog. <laughs> we'll let you know, Horace. Thank you he, so much. He leans in and gives Hiram the biggest hug. Because he's been close talking Hiram the entire time. <laughs> You're one of the good ones. I don't care what they say about you people from the dregs. You're my, you're my people. You're my pe. You're my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're my mm-hmm. people, Hiram. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's clear that Hiram and um, Horace know one another. <laughs> Who has the Horace card? That's me. All right, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so put that on the card. You and Horace Reigns have probably enjoyed the drink together. The bub. You shared some bub. Reigns. Like the Lord said to you. He. Yep. I know a few He's things. as much as he can muster until he closes the door. He seems like a nice man. 
horse, horse rings, like dog master, dog. dog's master, dogs. likes cheap whiskey and friends yes. with Hiram. <laughs> Seems fitting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we should go find Jack and Gemma, don't you think? We need somebody to take the order of magistrate home. And maybe they've seen something. Well, maybe it'd be best if we took her home. You think? I mean... It's always nice to score points with uh, the higher-ups, huh? Well, we should also report to Jack and Gemma, though, what happened, so they can keep an eye out. Well, part of me wonders is if that's who, uh... Chuckle saw. I don't, I, give, I don't give a damn about a fancy wig lady. I'm here to get Rufus. Then we need the gold to gambling hall. Yes. So we're just gonna leave Wilson to sit with the judge all night? Yeah. He said he had a handle. You know what? He did. Let's go. Well, I'm just... Never mind. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> He's fine. <clears throat> so you will you will pull at the, the Jack... You will leave the uh, the Gemma and Jack thread unpulled and head toward Air Wars parlor. Um, we'll assume at some point you probably cross paths with, um, with Wilson, and he's by himself. He's back at the I took her back. Oh. You know, was just gonna sit here and let her get. She is a judge after all. Do you remember where she lives? Yeah, still the other. She, I took her to the, the night watchtower. Huh. So they could, do their business. I also took, that bastard that we had who tried to take that uh. Poople, whatever that small dog is. We, we took that one to the Nightwatch Tower. That whole place is, like, busier than big quarries. Like, I couldn't even get it through the doors. There's so many people packed outside the Nightwatch Tower. Like, arrested? Or, like... Yeah, the fucking Nightwatch. Like, I'm, I'm 100% serious. They were marching around in full plate armor. Next to their tower? Yeah, that's real great. Why weren't they out here? Good question. I yeah. saw a horse. No wagons. Wait, I did see the patty. I did see the night watch wagon inside the garage, but they were all armed to the teeth, like they're expecting something bad to happen. But they were all just in disarray. Did you tell them that we had a rat problem here in the dock district? And they said, "Yeah, take a number." All right. But they certainly, they certainly opened their proverbial robes when the order magistrate walked up, though. Well, sure good. right as rain. Good thing we left our names with her. Yeah. Winks. Hmm. Nice Watson, just as Ray. Our names in the book? <laughs> Seems the like a night, a night ripe for mischief, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but we got things to attend to. Yeah. So you want to head to Aramore's parlor in that case? Mm -hmm. Anything you wish to do in between? Uh, as you're walking, you notice Eagles Davis get a very pronounced limp. Oh. Her her leg has not yet been treated. It is uh, she has a busted kneecap. Before we go, I gotta stop at whiskey and 
Sawbones. Whiskey Tango. <laughs> yeah, she's got to go see Dr. Drake. I'm going to see the doctor. I'm not going to make it if I don't go. Oh. I mean, I only got a little severe bleeding going on. It's fine. Yeah, we should probably go. What about you, Chuggles? What about me? Are you hurt? No. Are you pretending you're not hurt so that you sound like a badass? I know hurt. Okay. I tell you if hurt. Okay. I look hurt too if I hurt. That is true. People who are hurt look hurt. <laughs> no, uh, no. We get uh, we get bandage or even uh, a tool of doctor. I I can fix sometimes. Okay. I, yeah, I suppose we should go over to the doctor. Maybe, though, if we're going to go that way. Well, no, let's go ahead. You know that whiskey sawbones is like almost halfway across Slaughter Pine. Mm. Anyone have... Uh, is there any other animal vendor or anything near? Not that you all know. Just Dr. Drake. I suggest... When we do stop by Dr. Drake, we pick up Dr. Bag. Okay. Well, we could also grab Isla on the way over. She needs to visit him, too. Mm-hmm. So we go to gambling hall, then Dr. Drake, or we go to Dr. Drake and then... I'm not going to make it in the gambling hall if anything goes down. I got to get to the doctor first. Hmm? Yeah, you gotta get that knee looked at. I, I, Sooner than better, right? The better. I, t I take a closer look. What what damage condition track are you on? Seriously wounded. Seriously. Look pretty serious. <laughs> so, uh, big quarries, then doctors, then casino? I guess so. <laughs> I hate to lose a lead, but. I mean. The night's still young? We the night's still night. Is there really can, a young at this point? We can <laughs> Lester, you seem to recall seeing Dr. Drake at Big Cory's pit. There's a big fight. Remember the big fight tonight? Mm. Uh there's a uh, Nevik the Ogre and Trent Resnick fighting in the pit. God. Actually, now that it comes to memory, Dr. Drake might actually be at Cory's because of the fight. Oh. You might be the one that patches him up. It's a good idea going back there. You know, and I bet Isla probably has a medical kit we could get. I could take a look around the gambling hall while you're at it. You want to do some uh, reconnoitering of the rim? Yeah. I, uh... I got an idea. Um, Hiram takes out the, um... The river rat belt buckle, and he's he wants to make use of his uh, his stage kit to disguise himself as a river rat. Uh, when you go to Big Cory's, but when I go to the um, gambling hall, you're gonna go by yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Split the party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you sure you want to do that? You can do it, but are you sure that you all want to do that? 
if everyone else is okay with me doing it, I'll go, but... Maybe Winston if, should go with you. If, if, El, if El Capitan says no, then I won't. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm here for Isla and the dog. I don't go into gambling halls. You fucking know that. As you well, as you... You, you were here, but you know that one of, uh... One of Wilson Thornton's, like, one of his... One of his most embarrassing secret that you all know about is that he was an inconsummate gambler. <laughs> I'm not fucking going to that place. I spent enough money there in my time. Well, you've been there before, right? Yeah, my cousin runs the place. Well, then why are you... It's been a few weeks. Because it's filled to the brim with river rats. It's not like he's out on the floor every second. Okay, well... So, uh... I mean, if you want to go, I ain't going to stop you, but, I mean. I mean, be careful if you're going to do it, but obviously they need treated. Not going to do any good if, you know, if you lose your leg. I mean. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, the, pla- the place is right next door. If anything good happens, then <laughs> I'll and just run into the next. Leg and foot is quite different. I don't know. Maybe it's not serious enough to lose a whole leg. I'm not a healer. All I know is it looks pretty serious. <laughs> right. Well, I guess just be careful. And we'll be over shortly, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. Quickly. So, <clears throat> to be clear, Hiram is going to go to Aramor's parlor by himself. And the rest of you are going to go to Big Corey's. Mm-hmm. Knowing the danger, you will only put your friend and you all gain sex corruption. Hiram does not. <laughs> Starting this off. <clears throat> Back at, um, we'll flip to Big Corey's. Uh, as you come in, um, the place is, is, of course, fairly rowdy. Um, not surprisingly, uh, not surprising because it is, after all, a, it's a tavern party, uh, at Big Cory's. It's very busy, and of course, in the pit, in the pit. There's the fight happening down in the pit, as the boards have been removed. The music is loud, the place is raucous, there's just people filled to the brim really at all hours at this point like people are in a constant delirium um and you know already that big Corey's stores of booze in the basement probably won't keep up with the demand for long given that merchants and the guards they've hired and the people who live in slaughter pine who come here as regulars and dock workers and everyone else who's unemployed is spending their what pennies they have left over the last 28 days here at Big Cory's. It's constantly busy. And it's a little bit out of control inside. Um, as you imagine that the part, places like this and the rest of the city are probably as well. But here in Bargetown, in this, in this borough, Big Cory's is the place to be and it's where practically everyone is. Um, as you kind of gaze across the crowd, Lester, you see the smooth, 
suave, slick back hair of Dr. Drake. He has this perfect shell-like coif of long, black, perfectly trimmed hair. His face is shaven completely clean. He has high cheekbones, a perfect little dent in the middle of his of his chin, and this very pencil-thin mustache. He looks a little bit like Rhett Butler uh, from Gone with the Wind. He's a very handsome man with these dark kind of like, these dark pools of eyes that just kind of draw you in with these thick eyebrows and this very upright stature and this very smooth fellow. Mm. <clears throat> I, I should him. say good evening to you, Mr. Longham. How goes that old injury? Ah, uh, well, uh, it ain't too bad right now. I kinda got a, got a new thing going on. But, a uh, new thing going on, you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, I'll be there in just a moment. Forgive me. Uh -huh. your, your friends? I don't think that we have met before. Yeah, this is uh, my acquaintance. Um, and I'll introduce her as sure. uh, Ecclesdav. Mm -hmm. He can like... Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with every and with every with every introduction, he takes a moment to like talk to you for at least thirty seconds, locking eyes, holding your hand or arm, and being polite as he can be. But his hands are unusually cold, like yes. the doctor cold hands. Yes. <laughs> it's like Why? is this is it a real hand? <laughs> but for every everyone he he greets and speaks to, he takes he takes a moment to engage, like he's there. He's using the dinner system, uh, <laughs> but he takes he he does take that moment to like just to engage with each of you individually and and we repeat, repeat your name multiple times by talking to you as if he's committing it to memory logically. Mm -hmm. My my, it appears that you have suffered quite a terrible outcome. Maybe mayhaps we can see to your injury. Yes, can we do it now? Ah. <laughs> uh, Give me just a moment, if you would. Please excuse me. Of course. He uh, takes a step away, and he's talking with someone who you don't recognize, but they appear to be close friends, and he kind of shakes hands, and they nod, and they seem to clap each other uh, over the shoulder, and he plants some big fat kiss on this man's lips uh, as they are clearly together. And says, forgive me. Uh, shall we see to um, your injuries? Please. Yeah. Ran into some ruffians out there in the Ruffian. streets. Ruffians, you say? I know a few things. I could uh, lend hand. As I'm wanting to assist the doctor. Oh, certainly. Um, I would appreciate another set of eyes. Um, come with me. There's a back room we can go to. Privacy yes. uh, for this such a thing. Uh, would you all come with me? Would you mind? Yes, please. Have he you, by chance, taken a look at Isla? Yes, poor dear. Who would, who would accost such a young, pretty thing in the streets? She'd do no one wrong. Everyone knows her in Bargetown. Seems rather curious to me. You ever heard of the River Rats? Hmm. I have heard that they are a group of upstarts, indigents. Uh, the unemployed, mm. uh, young people who are easy to to bend and turn to crime. I have heard of these river rats. Yes. Yeah, they're the ones we got. Uh, seem to be pointed towards uh, 
Yeah, attacking uh, ladies and trying to steal their dogs. Well, if it's any consolation, you are not the first to come to me inquiring of the river rats. Figure you have ears. A lot of people talk to you. Yes, they do, he says. One thing that you know, Hiram, about Dr. Drake that the others do not is that Dr. Drake is not a... He is a he is a without scruples. He um, he tends to traffic with anyone and everyone in the city. He is a surprisingly connected person, and you also know because you tend to run in these circles of the dregs that when someone gets hurt or is on the lamb from the night watch, they come to Doctor Drake. So as Lester says this, there's like this twinge of... I'm not in the room, remember? Oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. My apologies. I'm sorry. Do you have Dr. Drake as the card? I just gave it. Hey, just okay, gave cool. It to me. So yeah, you'll know that about Dr. Drake. Mm -hmm. The rest of you do not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, that base up here real quick. Yeah, so Dr. Drake is, um... Yes, I have indeed heard. It's most, most sad. You know, most of the people uh, that I attend to are actually from the dregs, he says, as he's kind of examining your leg. Oh, my dear, this is terrible. <clears throat> he will administer a dose of lot or dose of tincture to you as you gain one corruption, as you feel the drug kind of course through your veins. Um, and this is when the you can you basically ignore the impact of the injury for 24 hours as he will begin his work. Am I high? Oh yeah, yeah. You're absolutely like it. So imagine like tincture basically makes all the pain go away. Like from a mechanics perspective, you can ignore the impact of any injury for 24 hours. Uh, it, but it is morphine, yeah. You're seeing double, your eyes are dilated. I mean, it is it is, it is a drug. All, all healing in Zweihander is done through drugs mm -hmm. and administration and an administration of a, of a barber surgeon, which is what Dr. Drake is. They, But Dr. Drake in particular tends to the people the drugs. I tend mostly to the people, to those whose society ignores... But my work is, I am certainly somewhat overworked, but I am very proud of the work that I do. Yeah, you've patched me up a number of times. Appreciate yes, that. Yes, <laughs> There was a time that uh, I served with, uh, that I did serve uh, Layla Poole. Oh. Um, old Lady Layla Poole, yes. I was, uh, you know, one of the sponsors of the Timberwolves, or the sponsor of the Timberwolves, if you will. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember the big, I remember the, I remember there was one play, it was 246 Summer in Soga Fields when you threw that 30 yard pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you got decked right in the face. Oh, man, yeah. I think we extracted two teeth that day. Uh, yeah, let me, I know, like, like my tongue goes to where those teeth were. Like, oh yeah, those two. I think it was those two. <laughs> forgive, forgive me, young lady, if I reminisce a bit with uh, my favorite blitzball player. Yes. <laughs> Eagles out, looks over to Chuckle and says, "Chuckles, you're crazy. <laughs> you're fucking crazy, but I really like you. I just want you to know that you're fucking crazy." 
Like you say that out loud. Yep. <laughs> I'm very high. I like you too. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You're good people. Uh, and my, wait. That means dog, right? Chuckles. Let it go. <laughs> I'm not holding anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he just kind of composes himself. Uh, thank you. And then I look up at Dr. Drake and I'm like, You're so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I do take pride in my appearance. I am, you know, that I turned 55 this year. Wow, that's like kind of old. Well, you know, uh, my father spent some time with the Statira Druids. And uh, in some ways, I suppose you could say it was foundational to my practice. Uh, the use of ointment and ungents from the Lockwood. Uh, there's a particular plant that grows in the ashen fields, you see. And its extract, it is called aloe. And the use of it upon one's skin, upon the turn of the morning and the night, is how one keeps a youthful, vigorous appearance. Now, certainly, I certainly wake up every morning with creaks and pains I don't quite recognize from my youth. <laughs> as he's continuing the work on your leg. But! And there's this pop sound, and you hear it, and everyone's like, ah! Like, as this happens, like, it sounds like like a ligament popping as he puts your leg back in place, but you're like, you'll feel it. Like, what's you're going like, on? <laughs> I have rearranged your leg, my dear. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm gonna have you roll to see if he su if he succeeds. Oh, God. It's an 87% chance, and you can add an assist die, of course. Good old Dr. Drake. Do I, I give you an assist diet? It's coming 99. 100. All right, so what's the chance? 87%. 87. 87. And it's Adam rolling too. That's why I said 99. I see a zero. Okay, so it's 008 or 008. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Ooh, well, okay. So but assist diet, if somebody zero. helps you, which he's helping Dr. Drake, I want to have, I want him to roll the dice. So I yeah. roll them. I love when players roll dice for me yeah, because yeah. then it's in, it's all on it is you. their fault. <laughs> so uh, your this is what kind of injury is this? It's a busted kneecap, which is a serious, serious injury. Yes. Uh, so you are now officially quote in recuperation, and that will take you six days to fully recuperate. So you will continue to suffer the effects of the injury, but after six days, it will go away. Okay. And as a part of this, he will move you one step up the damage condition track for healing, mm -hmm. which means you go from serious to moderate. Yeah. yeah. If you don't mind, my dear, I would recommend doctor's orders an administration of laudanum. Give it to me, doc. Okay. You'll move now to hurt, and you'll gain one corruption. Uh, for taking more drugs. More <laughs> drugs. Yeah. More drugs! Um, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> while I am here... Yeah, you can take a look at me. <laughs> well, I do want to look at that old injury, but it does look like you took a bit of a... Uh, we'll a call it stopping shot. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> You're full of pepper shot! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to roll around this side. <laughs> How in the blazes did the... <laughs> Then the river rats get their hands on a blunderbuss. 
I don't pulling know. boot nails out the out your back, friend. Yeah, I probably have a nail sticking out somewhere. Yeah. Well, I will see. He kind of put. No, 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 no. He'll do his little magic. Always been told not to pull him out. Go ahead and roll uh, test again. It's going to be ninety-seven percent this time. Uh, Thirty-three. Don't oh. turn away a helping hand as you move up three steps on the damage condition track. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, See, right as rain, it's it's like, you know, in your early days when you were crowded chiropracty, hmm. uh, I know the specific the specific bones in your spine that must be realigned. Yeah. And uh, he kind of leans in close. Should you need um, a more delicate talking to? The psychology? Hmm. I shall see to that as well. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe later we gotta go try to find a talk to a guy about a dog. I am always here. I am your, of course. your friends, and I am here to listen to your problems. Same here. You ever need something, uh, you call on Lester Longarm Killjoy. He'll help you out. So, uh, Doctor, I know you're here, obviously, to uh, make sure that everything goes well with the fights and everything, but, um, might you have an extra kit on you? Well, this is my traveling kit, he says. You know, I'm assuming, um, you know, possibly because of the whole being at the bar thing and all of that, that uh, they would happen to have another kit. Oh, you're using a <laughs> coin to edit the situation? Yes. Yeah. Edit accepted. So, of course, I always carry a traveling kit with me, and I leave one here at Big Cory's for nights such as this. It'd be really useful. Yes, as I did mention, he says as he pulls out the kit and sets it on the ground and sits on the table. It's like this leather kind of folding bag that he was using in a way that actually kind of telescopes out like a fishing kit. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like, he kind of folds them back in and kind of closes the clasp and mm -hmm. says, this is my traveling kit, and uh, I suppose I could let you borrow it for a time, but if you would be so kind to return it in a week. Of course. Yeah. That's easy enough done. He puts it across the table. Um... As for this business with river rats, just think on this for a moment. Were you in a similar situation where you'd no coin or money or no employment and you knew there was an opportunity to seize, would you do the same? Yeah. He leaves off on this note yeah. and we're actually going to close up the session tonight. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so first off, uh, it's we played for almost three hours, so it's 75 reward points. 75 reward points. And I think tonight we've got some corruption. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. We've got cor corruption galore. Maybe I kind of think we got some. So first session... Uh, so what's your corruption? What's your corruption value for you, Chuckles? What do you have? Six. Six. What about equals five? Nine. Whoa. Six. Six. One. One. Nice. You were slacking six. Six. Mm -hmm. Cool. Let down. Yeah. Yeah, but look how much you inflicted on the party. It's <laughs> you gave us six for deciding you. You did. To okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the corruption roll for tonight is. Yeah. All right. Oh, I 
So remind Sarah what happens at three. Yeah, so you just fill in one of these chaos rank dots, and then you get to clear out that corruption. Yeah. So why is a three give her a chaos rank? Because she had more than three. She had that. Oh, okay. So if you would have rolled ten, that was the only way I was. Yeah, ten one. was your only way. And what happens when you get if I got to ten? When you get to ten, when you get to ten, you you are you gain some sort of psychological impact on what's happened to your character. You gain what's called an affliction, and that affliction is a persistent drawback. Okay. And then you reset your meter to you basically erase everything and start again at zero. Oh, okay. Yeah, same sense. thing with same with order rings. Like if you get ten order rings, you get a fate point, and you erase it and go back to zero. So if I would have rolled under, I would have got an order point instead. If I would have rolled, rolled under, under. Yeah. okay. It's a game. It's a game master roll. It's kind of you. It's kind of a joint mechanic for everyone to use. So before we wrap, uh, let's talk about the events of tonight. We always one thing that's a, a part of the way we play. Zweihander, particularly for the reward points, is that we talk about how the situation, what happened with characters, like impacts each of your characters psychologically, or what their their kind of takeaway from what happened tonight is, because that's going to not only inform the story for your character, but also if you ever gain an affliction, like it will inform that. So the story builder. So starting with um, Lady Sabella Culpepper. What this is obviously the first time you've played this character. This is their second time. Lucky them. Um, but this is the first time you've played Lady Sabella Culpepper. Like, what's kind of going on, do you think, with your character right now? Um, she's kind of... I think she's one of those people that has, like, a, a hundred plans going on in her head, and she's, you know, part of her military training was probably for her to learn, like, different avenues of where different actions can lead, so she tries to think those through. Um, but also... She barely has gotten to use any of that in her life. Um, most of it was schooling, not actual practical. So she's trying to figure out exactly how that's supposed to work and feeling a little overwhelmed, I think. Yeah. When people keep turning to her and being like, what now? And she went, I've trained for the... Uh, I don't... Huh? Uh -huh. And I think that's a lot of what's going on with her right now. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to make sure that everything's kept track of, which is where I think a lot of her strength comes in. Um, you know, like making sure that we had the med kit and stuff yeah. since that was mentioned, and, you know, um, things like that. So I think that's that's her thought process right now. Okay, so 50 reward points for that. Uh, what about with Hiram Aramore? Uh So Hiram, tonight, I think he kind of felt that the group took a roundabout way of getting to where they were and really wanted to take a more direct approach and just heading straight for the gambling hall. Mm -hmm. so my cousin runs it. What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I wanted to at the beginning to, you know, just jump in, but, uh, like, you know, I didn't really want to split the party yet, but, you know, that went away. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. That's good. I th and I think the first session is always the toughest because you're still finding your character's voice and personality and and how you're going to portray them, especially when you mm -hmm. think about, like, how do you make your character different than the previous one you've played? Um, I always recommend looking at your alignments to, like, be a good kind of, like, if you're looking for, like, a framework, like, there's your guardrails, right? Mm -hmm. But everything else in between is open for free reign. Um, yeah, so 50 reward points for that. So what about what about Lester Longarm tonight? Yeah, so Lester, um, 
I mean, he's... <laughs> I'm trying to play him to where he's not as smart as I am, because he has an intelligence bonus, or an intelligence of 33. So I'm like, okay, I can't make... I don't want to make the suggestion, because, like, I feel like I have a smart idea, and I'm like, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, because Lester right now, he's just trying to, uh, like, not snitch on what these guys did. Yeah. Um, and then he's trying to help cover for her, like... Like, she cast magic right in front of someone, and he's like, well, I should probably try to knock them out. That way it looks like I did something instead of her. Uh -huh. She probably actually knocked them out, and I just did it for show. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, yeah, and then so he's just trying to, like, he's trying to follow the game plan, but it's, like, weird game plan. He hasn't figured out kind of what it is. Like, he's used to calling the shot on his team, so... Uh -huh. It's right. He's a thrower. It's right. Like his, he's, the, he's the QB, baby. Right. I mean, he even has leadership trained, right? So, and he has a uh, 52 fellowship, so he's actually... Holy shit! Yeah, right? He rolled really good on fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm used to making the shot calls, but I'm like, wait, like, it's not my job on this team to make the shot calls, so I'm trying to just to support as much as I can here, but it's good. we'll see if that happens or if Lester starts trying to take more, like, leadership. <laughs> I know it's a change in accent, too. Yeah. It's always, like, second game session when accents, like, start yeah. to, like, oh, yeah. gel. Well, I was thinking more of, like, a Celester Stallone kind of, like, yeah. deep, like, uh, yeah, Stallone kind of accent, because I don't know. Because I thought about doing, like, a, uh, like, a southern, le like, my name's Lester. Yeah. Lester long arm killjoy. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I've done that before. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Like I'm always just trying to figure out. Yeah, that's good. Good reward points. <laughs> uh, what about Eagle Stav? Um, alright, so Eagle Stav is feeling uh pretty down right now because Eagle Stav's thinking this is my time, like the stars are gone, so I can do all these great things, but She's honestly kind of failing at every turn. She got into the fight and got seriously injured. You know, uh, when she tried to use her other magic earlier, it didn't work. So she's just feeling um, like a burden on the group because of her injuries. And it just doesn't seem like this is the path that she was supposed to be on. So. I know. <laughs> so she's thinking about, she's thinking that she needs to call, maybe, onto some of her gods to lead her in the right direction. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's 50 reward points. Uh, so, real quick note, um, next game session, you should spend your reward points in your next advance, and you should be sure to choose your new spell, too. Well, I thought uh, that I, okay, so how often do I do a spell? Do I get a spell? Well, a that's a good question. Um, because that's did you pick one last, for last game? Um, yes. Okay. I have one. Uh, this is a good question. Uh, how often do we want to do spells? I would say every two advances. So, if you got one last game session, you won't get one this session, but you win the following session. So you have basically a new spell okay. every other session, um, just to kind of get, just to kind of put some options in front of you, because I think. Expanding your options will help you kind of get a better grasp of the system. And then when it comes to intermediate tier, when you move to your next profession, we'll throttle that back. Okay, cool. Yeah. All the spells. <gasps> uh, so, last but not least, Chuckles. Uh, Chuckles is having a hard time, like, as usual, blending in because he is from a completely different culture, mm -hmm. but... Uh, you know, at least he's got people who care enough about him, and they—they they know he's not from around here, but they 
they aren't like putting two and two together that he's not even human. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's uh, he's having a hard time communicating, but he has one person that he can communicate perfectly with, um, and who just uh, told him that uh, you know he's he's crazy, but he's awesome basically, and so he left the night off of, like feeling ac- accepted by someone finally. Yeah, and so like, awesome like a hot dog is awesome, or awesome like God is awesome, like truly awesome, like awe inspiring. Uh, somewhere in between that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome more, hot dog. More towards the hot dog <laughs> so, than the God. So like brought worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like uh, <laughs> like Frank's all beef. So, yeah, yeah. So is it gonna be like you talk in the cup and and with your accent, and then when you do the hand sign, you yeah. do like a British accent? Like, oh British. yeah, I should do. <laughs> well, you know. Oh yeah, smart from citizen. A very fastidious examination of the situation. I think that's kind of interesting because that that's if you think about like. Like if we think about characters who can't, who don't understand, like the common tongue in this case, old, like but they can speak perfectly in their native tongue, which is still sign. Like that's an interesting kind of play. We, in fact, um, one of Adam's previous characters was a rat catcher, and that allows yeah. him to speak with animals, like speak with dogs. Yeah. And they would hear just a dog barking and yelping, but the dog spoke to him in a Brooklyn accent. Uh, so I think, kind of, I think maybe we should think about how we can do that, because uh, that may be an interesting interplay between like the 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 the, the broken under not totally broken, not like like not like Balky from fucking right. Perfect Strangers, right. but um, but you clearly have a, you have a, you clearly been here for a while. You have a grasp of maybe not all the colloquialisms of the culture, but you certainly understand the language. But I think being able to see the two sides of how you communicate mm-hmm. to everyone in the world around you versus how you talk to Eagle Stuff. Yeah. Would be it'd be really interesting to explore that. So think about that. Yeah. And no, I I uh I did briefly for a moment at the beginning of tonight think about changing the way I talk and um everything because of that seven C game we played with Jeremy where yeah. I did play someone who spoke a broken English but then when we found someone that spoke the same language I was <laughs> Yeah, I was very like uh, I had a much eloquent. bigger vocabulary. Very eloquent, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought of that briefly and forgot it almost immediately. <laughs> so I'm glad you said something because yeah. yeah, I should I should try and be more, it be different because yeah. I think that would be more interesting. Yeah. Um, I can make. I'm thinking that maybe Eagle Stobbs' uh, throat slit can flare up, so she has to talk like that. And so when we talk, I can talk in the re- in equals Dobbs' real voice. Yeah, yeah that's if interesting. You want, if you want to do that, the, I that's think it's cool. there's oftentimes I think this discussion around like finding your character's yeah. voice, which sometimes is an accent, but really it's about how your character asserts themselves in the game world. Um, and I think you know just as a reminder, like look toward your alignments. Those are really good, once again those are really good guardrails to look at. And, um, as how your character will react, like in very extreme situations, they go one way or the other. Um, but obviously, like all the different personality shades of personality in between are, are certainly open interpretation and shouldn't be a straitjacket. But um, I always, I always coach everyone on this when we first start a game. It's like find your character's voice, and it, it could be accent, it could be affectations, it could be whatever. But I think just go right back to your Mad Lib, go right back to your Castle Royal alignment, and we'll. 
it'll all lock in and feel nice. I felt really good about tonight. I felt really good about the game. I really appreciate that we're able to like bring the two you in very quickly and like be like, okay, boom, now we're gonna party, let's go. Uh, and and I hope you all had fun too. Um, but um, we'll resume next week. Uh, thank you, thanks for our patrons for watching, listening, etc., etc. Uh, for and we'll do session three memento mori next week. So, bye, 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 bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> is it weird to wave to the camera? It is. It weird. is. It's it's especially it's weird. Like... <laughs>